Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, Hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, Hey, honey. Hey, Charlie. Hey, George. Hey, everybody. Take a walk on the wild side. Welcome to the fifth edition uh, of the We Are Party Animals podcast, which is not what this is called, but that's where my brain went. Uh, I was like, are you, uh, are we affiliating again? No, that was an accident. Um, this is music. This is music. The greatest albums in this dimension. Welcome. We... George is on um, some, uh, he's sick right now, so he's on some medicine that might make him a little loopy. Yeah, I'm on something in codeine. A little so. codeine on yeah. it, so... It's kind of perfect for this album. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, You'll probably feel the music a little better than I will. In case you didn't recognize that song, that was Lou Reed from the album Transformer, 1972 album Transformer. His second solo record after a little band called the Velvet Underground. Yeah. Velvet Underground, obviously now known as one of the most influential bands of the 60s, but at the time was not the case. People did not. I mean, there was other bands that people liked more and there yeah. was a lot of competition in this time that's for sure yeah and in 60s early 70s and i i mean just quickly you know we're gonna go into the album we're not gonna spend all day talking about velvet underground because i'm sure we'll do one of their albums mm-hmm. soon enough um but just thinking about them at the time it it, it must have been so hard to break through with that lo-fi sound which everyone liked so a lot of people like now when you had all the grandiose you know, Beatles, Sgt. Mm-hmm. Peppers, and all the psychedelic stuff coming out with this weird instruments, and they're just coming back to basic. basics. Yeah. But even lo- like heroin basic, where it's just mellow, and the singer's not really giving you much. Yeah. Uh, he's not. Dynamics. He's not put exactly, exactly, yeah. and that's what Lou Reed to me always is: is a guy who just. Mr. Cool. I mean, Lou yeah. Reed just kind of just like, hey, I'm just a oh, fucking rock star, whatever, and I'll sing about what I want to sing about. Yeah. You know? I don't have to have the, uh, the, the the Freddie Mercury or the Beatles voice or anything like that. You know, he's he's got his own style and everything he does. And he had, yeah, he has nothing like that. I remember even, um, like, 2001, after 9-11, they did, like, a tribute concert in New York, and he's a big New York, he's mm-hmm. a lifetime New Yorker. Quintessential New Yorker. And he did some cover version, I was just like, oof, like, you read it, rough, yeah, yeah. It's just it's when you, especially live, you can hear it. Like he just doesn't really care. He's not gonna try to spice it up or make it emotional no. if it's or make not it perfect. To, no, it um, is what it is. You, you you get what you get with uh, Lou Reed. Yeah, especially with the, with his vocals. Uh, he always has a good uh, good team around him when it comes to the band the instruments being played. Always has a good team. Yeah, but with his with his voice, he he's okay to let it go crack. Uh, to let it crack or let it, you know, go off key a little bit or whatever, but the, it, it always works. Lou Reed is Lou Reed. I, I have a nice little quote just about someone wrote about Reed's voice. I think it was on like Rolling Stone back in the seventies. It's outrageously unmusical. It's a sass of Jagger and the mockery of early Dylan, but lower pitched than both. The voice is so incapable of bullshit that it makes even an artsy arrangement work by turning the whole thing into a joyous travesty. Yeah. He's definitely got sarcasm in his voice. He's yeah. definitely got um, 
and w- and, w- and he does some songs on this album that kind of go that way where you think he might be talking about something else but he might be mocking it mm-hmm. in another way mm-hmm. um and we'll get more into that when we when we go into the uh, the actual album but yeah so he's this man's coming out of uh the velvet underground which again was a commercial failure in, in you know money making terms uh had a really good cult following um, and again, it's just huge influential band now yeah. when, when you look back on it. I always uh, forget who to, I mean, this, that's what you're going to go with next. I always forget the quote. And I think it might be David Byrne or uh, Brian Eno. Brian Eno. Yeah. yeah. And those are two guys I always get confused back and forth. Um, but made albums. 10,000 people bought the. 30,000. Okay. You go ahead. You have the quote in front of you. I'm like, <laughs> I want to see you keep trying. <laughs> it's what is it? um, 30,000 people bought the Velvet Underground albums, but out of those 30,000, 10,000 started bands. Something yeah. like that. I mean, for some reason you want to keep going back to 10,000. I don't know why. Uh-huh. Uh, but 30,000 copies, everyone uh, who bought a copy started the Started band. it. Okay. So so get 10,000 out of your head. I don't know. <laughs> something about it. Maybe George has something later on with 10,000. The, the point of that being yeah. uh, influential. Hugely influential. Yeah. Um, just. And, and, and being influential because people in kids across the country instead of hearing the grandiose things where they're like i can't do this you, you still can't do that now you need no. to have a studio and money and a lot of backing but you can play guitar you bass can sing like we read have minimal <coughs> drumming and stuff like that mm-hmm. and write great songs he's accessible where Absolutely. you know where i mean you listen to you listen to magical mystery tour which is right around this, no, earlier, obviously earlier than this, yeah. but something like but that. But around Velvet Underground. Just, yeah, but, exactly. And you go, oh, that's, that, I, I can never play something like that. Right? Why, why even try? Yeah. Beatles did it. Yeah. Then you have Lou Reed coming around, and he's got, you know, like we said earlier, stripped down and, and. Kind of the beginning of punk rock. Yeah. The first kind of wave, I guess you could say. Not distortion punk rock. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it had distortion too, but. Just that not giving a fuck, going against the uh, the culture, yeah. going against the counterculture of the counterculture. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's that every action has an equal opposite reaction. So mm-hmm. they're reacting completely to Velvet Underground was a complete reaction to the whole hippie, happy sunshine. Yeah. Just, you know, dark city. It, I mean, even him as a person, you know, he had Lou Reed had a really fucked up childhood, and he was even getting into his early twenties and stuff. He was getting bullied around by hippies and beatniks and like you know these people who were counterculture people he was coming back he was getting you know he was getting tucked bullied for yeah. lack of a better term by these guys yeah so it's like you know ca- like you said counter counterculture yeah um which i mean just goes adds to legacy of the reed really and and a, another quick thing on the reed that i just maybe a lot of people know now but i guess if you don't even know the reed he um he had phases of bisexual, gay tendencies. Mm-hmm. He would go through phases. Then he'd be in the eighties and nineties. He married and was straight. Mm-hmm. So I don't who yeah. knows what happened personally, but yeah. he kind of got away from that. So didn't David Bowie? Weird enough, they both kind of went through that phase altogether in the seventies, yeah. and then they both shifted away. Well, Lou Reed definitely. I mean, when I when I was saying Prince his fucked well. up childhood was, uh, I mean, he he got caught kissing some dude, some boy. He was like 12 years old or something. Yeah. It was his cousin or his brother or something like that. And his parents were freaking out, obviously, and put him through electroshock therapy. Yeah. And it was fucked up. I mean, the song uh, Kill Your Sons off the is just 
about exactly. his childhood, and you can't say that that none of that should affected him. Yeah. You know, so he had a, a he had a mental breakdown. Yeah. He went through uh, this electrotherapy. Uh, shock therapy or electroconvulsive. I guess that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. ECT. Um, so yeah, he th- this man went through a lot in in the teen years that most kids probably won't go through electrotherapy ever again. Now that's the pretty. Certainly brutal <laughs> type of procedure that was in the 70s. And for the nefarious 60s. reasons of being like, hey, you know, shock the gay away. <laughs> right. It wasn't you like... You want to suck dick? No son of mine sucking dick. Right. It wasn't, let's uh, try to treat you for... Uh, I'm sure there was depression and all that involved, but the main thing was, let's get the gay out of them. Yeah. Let's shock let's the shock gay, the gay out, out of them. Didn't work, folks. Yeah. Uh, that's where science went bad. Um, so he's coming out of that. Uh, he's and he's in a funk. He, the band broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, by I mean, he wanted out, um, but he's definitely in a, a lost kind of train. He made one album, self-titled, um, self-titled album, which is actually really good. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of really great Lou Reed albums. Um, we, I, 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 we picked this because it's maybe not the obvious. Well, it's the obvious mm-hmm. as um, far as the Reed albums go. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's other ones that we were talking about doing, and again, we can. Always, there's freedom; we can do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. We'll do another one soon, maybe. Um, but this one just seemed—it's the most accessible, easily. Um, there's so many 100%. songs that you could just listen to that are easily catchable, um, and there's a big reason for that. Now, so just quickly, he—he was—he had a, his first album come out, and right around that time, he was still working. He went back to work for his dad in tax accounting. He was a typist. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was almost done with music, he, I mean, with all the electroshock therapy and everything going on. It just, there was too much for uh, kind of this, for him to keep going on. He didn't really see a future in it. Got signed, made that first album, and it, it didn't really do anything. So, I, you know, he, he think he had one more shot. Yeah. It uh, did, get, did get culty. Cult, uh, yeah, he's always had a cult farm, but it not enough, I don't think, to survive. I don't know. Ten thousand albums isn't going to do anything. Especially back in the early seventies, it's not nowadays where the internet can no. blow you up. It's no. just there's ten thousand people, so there's four in New York, there's four in Washington, mm-hmm. there's four in California. You know, yeah. like get them all together. Yeah. Um. So for the second album, he did have one huge fan of this cult following that lived in England that wanted to. Really work with him and Was he uh, famous guy or regular dude? famous guy, famous guy David Bowie. Oh, David Bowie. Mm-hmm. This um, that's an important guy. Uh, this uh, this podcast would, I think is the first one where we're talking exclusively about the dead here. Um, I think all of our other ones are bands that are still alive or oh, people that are still alive, but but the major players in this one are dead. Yeah, first so, dead podcast. Yeah, and speaking of dead, um, just to commemorate or just to put a timestamp on today is what April twenty seventh or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prince died a couple of days ago. Yeah, so and, and it kind of fits the the tr- the trifecta of three men who push the boundaries of sex, androgyny, drugs, and and just sexiness. their own their own way. They yeah. just you know mm-hmm. definitely those are. Th- three huge marks on music as far as dudes doing what they want in every aspect in art not just music um, I think they were all I don't know if Lou Reed was in a movie but they wanted to do movies well like, I mean Lou Reed was was part of the whole Andy Warhol's factory yeah, there you part go. And yeah. like, I mean we'll, we'll get into the Andy Warhol for sure and on, on this part on this <clears throat> in this episode for this album yeah um, but Lou Reed was the same way it was with, yeah. with uh, just 
dabbled in everything. And and I think that's why you see the the kind of huge outpouring for all three, is mm-hmm. because they kind of hit all those different aspects of uh, of art. And they could have and they could affect, or did affect, a lot of people of different demographics, of different yeah. social classes, of different sexual uh, orientations, everything. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, I mean, we're not doing a Prince album, but you know. So yeah, that's where we are now. It's Prince has gone. just passed away. Another great one gone. Um, so yeah, back to Bowie is we're kind of where mm-hmm. we jumped off from this. Bowie was a huge Velvet Underground fan. Pretty much is what you know we were talking about the thirty thousand albums. Yeah. He was one of them. Mm-hmm. He started the band. Here we are now. Uh, he they, he wanted to work with um, with Lou, and I think he. The album was recorded in Trident Studios in London, so he must have float, flown out there yeah. to work with. Uh, and so this album was at Trident Studios in London, and Ziggy I don't Stardust. know if you know the amount of albums or caliber of albums. That Ziggy are Stardust. Ziggy, the Rise and Fall of Stiggy, Ziggy Stardust, A Little Help from My Friends by Joe Cocker, um, Electric Warrior by T Rex, Tumbleweed Connection, and uh, Elton John's first self titled album. I have to do that uh, one for sure. Parts of the White Album, Hey Jude was recorded there. All Things Must Pass by George Harrison, just to name a few. Those are the ones that just when I was looking up just stuck out to me. Yeah. So this place has clearly a legacy. It's got the power. It's got the Abbey Road Muscle Shoals. Yeah. yeah. Feel to it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's. Is it still around? That's a good question. Who knows? But we'll we'll, we'll find that out during the podcast. We'll yeah. have one. Or we'll have our guy, our engineer, help yeah, us yeah. out. Hey, engineer guy. Hey, engineer guy, get over there. Okay. He's got a weird little micey voice. So this album was produced by David Bowie and uh, another famous famous guy, uh, Mick. Or no, <clears throat> sorry, not Mick Rock. Mick Ronson. Yep. Um, those two geniuses kind of working together with Lou Reed on this album. Well, and Mick Ronson is the guitarist for Ziggy Stardust Band. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was kind of his main guitarist throughout the years. They'd have falling in and outs, but they, that was his, his go-to guy. Um, this is a Lou Reed album, but I'm going to call it a Mick Ronson, David Bowie. Oh, for sure. Uh, Lou for Reed sure. Album. Like, yeah. Mick, Mick Ronson is huge on this album. Yeah. With the guitars and strings. the pianos and string, uh, yeah. string uh, compositions. So and this, David Bowie with his backup vocals on almost every other song. Yeah, if not, yeah, probably every other song. This and, and I think that's obviously part of the reason this blew up too. You had <coughs> Bo, Bowie was just hitting his stride and starting to blow up too. Um, and yet you'll never. You, that's the thing with this album. It has that special. There's nothing else. No other Lou Reed album in his catalog that matches up with this kind of him really pushing it. Mm-hmm. This is him kind of going his huge sounding yeah. uh, album. Um, it's got a great cover uh, by Mick Ronson. Um, oh wait, is it? Oh no, Mick Rock. Yeah, we yeah, got two Mick Rock is the uh, is the famous famous uh, photographer. rock photographer, and he everyone, he right? de- yeah, everybody, and and he he definitely had. Uh, I think he was with with uh, Lou Reed for a couple years, just yeah. following him around and stuff. But every famous picture yeah. you know mick rock yeah he's, he's got tons of books about all the Rolling yeah. stones beatles and yeah. all these guys um he took a picture and it overexposed in the dark room um when, when he was printing it out and it ended up looking really mm-hmm. cool and mm-hmm. it does it's it's one of his most kind of famous pictures you see on all the t-shirts yeah. 
murals when he died, you know, yeah. a couple years ago. There was yeah. always this picture. Uh, I, the I, Boris Karloff kind of looking. Yeah, I always, I always like the mistakes in art. That's when it works out. It's, yeah. it's something that wasn't really meant to happen, no. it turns out, and then it becomes iconic or, or becomes you know, the, the main picture. Um, so there, there's got that in the front cover, picture just him playing a guitar. Um, his eyeballs are, he kind of looks like a zombie a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's got, I mean, he's got, I'm sure he's wearing makeup here too, eyeliner and, and stuff like that, which, you know, Lou Reed and kind of T-Rex and, and Bowie were, this is the kind of the start epitome. of the glam rock. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the epitome of glam rock, yeah. but also the start of, of that. T-Rex. You know, yeah, the start of this uh, glam rock phase, uh, which personally, all the music from that era, I fucking love. Yeah. Um, well, those three guys we named yeah, in specific. They're huge. <laughs> yeah, it was that time. It, it, it really great time in music if you think about it. You had the glam rock going on. Then you had the singer songwriters, um, mellow guy, you know Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, and then you had the funk coming out and even disco. And di- yeah, disco a little later, right? Or was it early seventies? Well, yeah, mid seventies, and sure. then later seventies yeah. is punk. So seventies yeah. is it's a pretty uh, special decade yeah, in music. Absolutely, just the, the. I mean, if only hip hop came a little sooner. Then yeah. you would have had everything coming yeah. out. I mean, is then, I, then again, hip hop is also the the, is the, the reaction the to child after, of yes. that. Yeah. yeah, of funk and, and rock and roll, whatever, yeah. everything. Um, so yeah, this you, you're just, you're kind of starting this album, and, and at this time, you think, okay, now we can say, oh, Mick Ronson and, and, and David Bowie produced this album with Lee Reed, but they weren't at the time. It didn't it didn't mean much. No, he they weren't. David Bowie. I no. mean, he was just, I think, um, Hunky Dory. Mm-hmm. It was right around that yes. time. was just yeah. coming. Or, or they were making Ziggy. It was, you know, all in that era. So he was just blowing up, but he wasn't the David Bowie that we all know and love now. Um, and same with Mick Ronson. So, yes. yeah, they're, they're all just kind of collaborating because they all love each other's mm-hmm. music. And they uh, they want to make something special here. And uh, it's his biggest album. He has some of his, or definitely his biggest single. Um you know, one song he lived off of, pretty much. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the intro song, mm-hmm. Walk on the Wild Side. Um, and it's it's one of the top rock albums of all time. Um, anything else you want to get into before we jump into the album? Oh, the, there's the back cover, too, of a man and a woman. Yeah. The, uh, there's the girl. There's the woman with the black uh, like dress on. She's on a pole or against the wall or something. Ernie Therm- Thermalhin. Yeah, and then the dude who's kind of just wearing cut-off white shirt with jeans and he's got a got his huge dick, dick in his huge direction uh, through his jeans. Reed said it was a banana. Yeah, after, but that, I don't know. That dude had a huge cock if he did. If and it if it is a banana, banana, it's referencing back to uh, the first yes. Bellwood Underground album. Yes. Um, so very pr- provocative <clears throat> album um, to visually to come out in the 70s. You know, this we just forget how much has changed in those yeah. 40 years. And, and and not and I guess before we go into the song or go into the album, this Lou Reed it, there's a lot of uh, what's the word? Uh, this album is about his sexuality yeah. and a lot of it. Yep. Homosexuality. Yeah. Um, which I mean now would probably be less shocking still it's shocking to a lot of people yeah but think early 70s when this is coming out no. i mean this is talking about uh drag queens and, and second dick and and yeah it's, it's it's a gay album 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> it really is. It just, but it doesn't come off as like, and I don't know how to make the sound mean or like, but it's not gay. Like it's not disco-y. Um, no, it's manly. I didn't know yeah. Lou Reed was gay until I read his uh, yeah. until I read his biography. Yeah, we we talked about this before that this album. I I I guess when I'm listening to it younger, I wasn't hearing it. Even when he's saying we're coming out, coming out of our closets, mm. I'm just thinking like going out yeah. to, to the party for yeah. the night or something. I really it, it, it goes over your heads, and that was intentional. Um, and, and I'm actually really glad that you stated what you just did because there is one other part. So yeah, the album um, started. It all came. It, came from a couple of songs that Andy Warhol wanted Reed Warhol? to Warhol <laughs> wanted Reed to write uh, songs for a Broadway musical he was planning and it was a, a musical about largely gay themes and cross dressing um, so that that got us that got scrapped that whole Broadway musical but there were about four or five songs and you'll hear them there they stand out obviously yeah. they sound like Broadway musicals yeah. so he had that he had four leftover Velvet Underground songs that will also make it on mm-hmm. here. Um, they were more up tempo, and I think with uh, um, Bowie and, and Ronson kind of suggesting like let's slow them down, let's make them a little more prettier. Yeah, they don't have to be that like stripped down rock kind of song. So we got some Velvet Underground leftovers. We got a mix of uh, Broadway type Andy songs. Warhol influence, and I think that's what makes this album great. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just this roller coaster ride of ro- great rock songs. Some just Lou Reed songs that I don't know where they came from, and we'll we'll get into those ones. They just they could only be done by Lou Reed, and then just some Broadway uh, musical songs. Very theatrical, you know. When you're saying Broadway, I imagine you're saying and, theatrical, and yeah, just like and there comes the gay. Yes, yeah. of course. And you can you you every time I sing like a song like Vicious or or uh, New York Conversation, it's just kind of like you want to be on a stage and, and waving your hands and, and just kind of. T- just talk singing it, doing a little, doing a little, you know, flair to your voice and yeah. flair to your 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 behavior because of you know I can, the song. I can imagine it threw off some people um, that are just rock dudes or rock people, and they put on some song and then they're like, "What the hell yeah. is this Broadway shit?" Yeah. And I, I can imagine it upset a lot of people. I, and and kind of what George was saying is, you know, we didn't even realize that this was a heavily gay-themed album, um, and Reed himself says it was worded so straights can miss out mm-hmm. on the implications, mm-hmm. enjoy them without being offended. Yep. Thank you, Lou. Yep. You did a good job. I don't know. I wouldn't be offended, but... Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of people would. Yeah. yeah. He just did it nicely where he hid everything subtly. Um, subtly, if you're not... If you're ambig- if you're um, oblivious to anything... You know, especially the, the innocent minds of the of the regular folk who would just you know, like you were saying earlier, that coming out of our closets. Oh, they're just going out to a party. Mm-hmm. If if you know anything about the real world, you go, ah, this guy's talking about you know, yeah, cross dressers yeah, or, or transsexuals here. You know, is that the proper word? Yeah, I'm sure it is now. Um, <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's a groundbreaking album for, for, yeah. for that specifically, and, know, and not to mention everything else. Yeah, and another thing that I really like about Lou Reed is maybe he was the beginning of dad rock or whatever the hell they call it nowadays. He was done singing about just obvious child, teenager stuff. He wanted music for adults to listen mm-hmm. to. And, and he kind of wanted to be, he, he, he always wanted to be a writer. He wanted to write a novel. And he thinks his music was the great American novel, if you put all his albums together. I don't know about that, but he, he you could tell he, he gave a lot of um, t- 
time into his lyrics and, and not make it the obvious cliche. And he'll throw in the cliche stuff in there. It's mm-hmm. fun to do that. Yeah. But he definitely was going for more an adult-themed album, and I, that's why I, I like it now. There's a lot of albums that I used to like when I was younger, and I'm like, oh, it's just a little cheesy. Mm-hmm. You grow into Lou Reed as you get older. Absolutely. I'm, I thought, I mean, I guess everybody does this, but, but for me, Lou Reed was always a guy where I was like, I like the guy's stuff, but I think he just, I don't know why I put these connections together in my head, but just like, yeah, Mr. Fucking Leather Jacket, New York, cigarette smoking, um, glam, yeah. rock dude, doesn't put any care into his voice or anything like that. And definitely, as I got older, I was definitely reading his book. Um, great book. Great book. Uh, what's it called? The Lou Reed? Lou Reed Walk the Wild Side? Is it something like so, that? By Jeremy Reed. Yeah. Um, not, not his brother. No relation. Um, and I, I, I not even dismissed Lou Reed, but it was just kind of like, yeah, too young or whatever it was. But uh, definitely after he, actually when he was playing, scheduled to play Coachella that one year, 2011, <sighs> yeah. 10, I was, you know, getting into it. And I was like, all right, let's listen to fucking Lou Reed. And then yeah. from there, I started my adulthood relation love with Lou Reed yeah and then he died shortly before playing Coachella that's true we uh we were we were playing I mean we did go to Coachella that year but he was on my top list of the artists that I wanted Mm -hmm. to see that year and I knew that he would still bring the Lou Reed he wasn't gonna like I'm gonna doll this up and make this for Coachella and like make this really I'm gonna just sing straight and do maybe Transformer he's still gonna do whatever Lou Reed wants but I just really wanted to see him live and he got sick couldn't make it liver, that. liver cancer or liver failure or yeah something. at that time yeah. and he was just downhill from there and, and never really recovered so we never got to see him live um that happens folks so uh make sure you can uh, go see as many artists as you can so you can post on facebook and tell everyone that you got to see him die and, <laughs> see him and feel, spe- feel special see him die. <laughs> yeah. saw the man we die looked in his eyes as he, he died on away. stage um, but no, I mean, just go, just go see fucking live music as much as you can. Life is fleeting. It is. Uh, yeah. So there's the uh, kind of introduction to the album. I think we kind of covered most parts. I'm glad we we y- you brought up the whole Broadway musical part. It's very important to this. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It wouldn't make any yeah. sense why the where those songs come yeah. from. Um, and it also showed he's quite a versatile uh, songwriter because mm-hmm. he can do this style. Now I don't think mm-hmm. most people could. And do it well. No. I, I mean, this song, I think, has, like you were saying, it's it's the combination of the rock, Broadway, and just straight up what the fuck we read songs. songs. Yeah. Um, the first song on the album is Vicious. Starts off with the uh, with a old school rock song. Let's do it. Vicious. Charlie, you're so vicious. And there you go. He's, I mean, you could say vicious. <laughs> it's almost hard not to. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we start off with Cowbell. 
Mm-hmm. Can't if you, if there's Cabo in a song, I know it's old now with the whole SNL thing, but it's always a good song with Cabo. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a good song. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's a really good song. Uh, why don't you write a song called Vicious, said Andy Warhol to Lou. What kind of vicious, Lou said. Oh, you know vicious like I hit you with a flower. <laughs> so Lou wrote it down literally. He did that, yeah. He did just that. Um, I think this song, the for me, what stands out on this song is the cowbell and the Mick Rock. Or, I'm not, that's going to be yeah, a problem. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. Um, Ronson's guitar just shredding. Just that bam, 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 bam. I'm going to, yeah. Bam, 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 bam. Mick Ronson is the vicious in this album. Everything else is kind of just nice, mm-hmm. going tempo, and he's just, just kind of just coming in and being a little, throwing it off, throwing the whole song off. And he does some great good uh, uh, wah kind of guitar going on. Uh, you got David Bowie doing the, doing the preachy background. The yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, you got John Halsey on drums. He's also playing this Congos, Maracas going on as well. Um, and then Herbie Flowers, who plays a lot of the bass on this album. Yeah. Um, and he'll, he'll be the really famous one for Walk on the Wild Side. But... Um, here, let's just listen to solo. Sounds like sounds like a Tom and Jerry cartoon going on in the background there. Yeah. I mean, you hear just layers and layers of guitar yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a. That's a monster of a song. So great opener for an album. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's right in line with um, the, the beginning glam rock kind of sound that was going on there. I, I mean, the cowbell, it, it had to be in its infancy at that time. I don't think it's people rock. Yeah. I mean, you have you have T-Rex doing a lot of cowbell. And that's right me, around that time. One of the more famous cowbell songs is uh, Honky Tonk Woman. Yeah, that might have been the first, and that's, what, four years before this? So, yeah, yeah we're you, you just cowbell and adopt. This, the 70s of the year, the cowbell. Um, <laughs> Lou Reed is playing the, the backup guitar. But, yeah, it, it's all Mick in here. Um, and I really do like the – I like how he kind of became the personality of Vicious in this, mm-hmm. in this song. Um just kind of a standard rock song other than that it, it's kind of following the the usual uh chord pattern of a, a rock song one four five um but just yeah a great way to 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 start the album i don't know without um uh, bowie doing the background it just would enhance this to the to the status when of you when you listen album. to this knowing bowie produced it you hear it 100 percent. yeah um and this song uh yeah, it, it, uh, Bowie has his fingers in all of these songs. That guy has, has his fingers, his hands wrapped around in all of these songs. He really does. Now, Vicious, is he singing to a, a girl? Is he just kind of following off of the, you know, he literally wrote down, you hit me with a flower, you do it every hour, and then just kind of jumped on there and just talking about someone who's kind of, uh, you know, evil? I don't know, you, you don't... Hey, hey, vicious! Why don't you swallow the razor blades? Yeah, you think I'm some kind of gay blade? I, I, I wrote down for this four words: dirty, angry, gay love. Um, which 
that's I, I think that's what this song's about. It's dirty, angry, gay love. Okay. Um, I think he's talking to some sort of some sort of lover, or you know, yeah, just yeah, a lover in this one, and just kind of being kind of a bitch about it. He's kind of getting used. Yeah. The uh, he's being a piece of meat. He's tired of being a piece of meat, yeah. you know, and that's what he's calling this person vicious. And I think he's had he's uh he's had enough. He's had enough of whoever he's talking about. I'll give you that. Yeah, I don't. It's it's an ambiguous song, which a lot of the Reed songs uh, mm-hmm. are. But yeah, he's he's definitely pointing at someone. Is it a gay lover? Is it a I, the, the thing with Lou Reed is I don't. I think he was married at this time too. To his first wife. Yeah, uh, Latina. Yeah, he, so yeah. he's he's all over the road because I know later on Perfect Days was written in mind his wife. So yeah, he, I think he's he's definitely conflicted, and that makes for some great art. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think in that book, learning learning a little bit about Lou Reed, his marriage with his wife was was always tumultuous. And yeah, he just couldn't. I, I think he was still struggling with his sexuality and, and yeah. not being completely out of the closet. Yeah. But still putting that persona of, like, you know, having his wife as a beard. Um, is that the word? Beard? Like a, you know, to... Yeah. Yeah. So, um, he was definitely dealing with that. And him and his wife, they would have, like... Uh, I mean, I guess, like, every relationship, they have their ups and downs, but their ups were real high. Yeah. Their downs were real, real low. I and think as, as Lou Reed would, like... There was physical abuse. There was all kinds of shit going on here. And you're, um, and you're dealing with a guy who's coming in and out of... Uh, drug, san- sanity. Well, yeah, and just um, drug addiction. Yeah. So... Show me a relationship that's stable with a drug addict, and you won't. No. It's impossible. No. <clears throat> and I'm sure, yeah, I mean, sure and everybody's down. around at the time. Yeah. And this is the enabling 70s yeah. in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, the 70s in New York were like what the movies were. Yeah. With just, I mean, and this, uh, this album also is sort of an homage to 1970s New York. Yeah. Um, which was its own special, weird, fucked up. Yeah. Uh, universe. Really. Yeah, may- maybe they weren't uh, all doing the same drugs and having the same feeling, but there was a lot of free sex going around. Everyone was down with that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so this 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 album is definitely alluding to a lot of that New York uh, street stuff. And this one, yeah, dirty angry gay sex or a- <laughs> dirty angry gay love uh, is is what this song is. I'm gonna to let me. yeah, I'm gonna let George. Uh, Give that that's the reference for that dirty angry gay love. Yeah. We'll just we'll leave it at that. Uh, that was the third single off the album. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it did anything. Probably was pretty big in the in seventy two. Um, but it's not really one that you ever heard on classic rock radio. No. No, no. one really mentions it. Um, it's weird that how the some songs just fade away from I don't know, just over time certain things that were big for you just yeah, they lose just drop their, off. Yeah, they lose their momentum. New, new, old, new becomes old. I mean, old becomes new, or you know, new becomes old, and then you know things yeah. start cycling. And, and then it could else. make a comeback. Some, yeah. it, like we'll we'll get to it, and we get to it. But Perfect Day was nothing at the time, mm-hmm. and become, now it's one of his biggest hits. Yeah. Uh, so great, great, great single to uh, to start off the album. Yep. I love that guitar right there. Nick Ronson killing it. It's nasty. All right, let's go to song number two, Andy's Chest. In the world that's blue, I would be a bat and come swooping after you. 
the school well you know what happens after dark when rattlesnakes lose their skins and their hearts and all the missionaries lose their bark oh all the trees are calling after you all the venom snipers after you are all the mountains bolder after you if I could be any one of the things in this world that bite instead of the dentured ocelot on a leash I'd rather be a kite yep, we had to be tied uh, to the end of your string we had to wait for the drum yeah. to kick in I mean that is what makes that song just beautiful it's nice just little strummy song come starting up you're it's pretty you get the little beginning kind of a broadway bass line going on mm -hmm. and then the drums come in and bowie just explodes with his oz and uh you've been lifted off <laughs> yep uh well and it, it, it might happen in a little bit but he eventually goes that part right there ba, 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 ba. it's, it's the it makes it and the whole and and the reader is doing that talking he's really not doing much with his voice no. and you don't you wouldn't want it like this would be a i guess anyone doing covers of Lou Reed would just be gross for the most part it's me get going back to being pure and stuff but putting like too much lyrical emphasis yeah. on it would just yeah. ruin it uh -huh. you got to have that just yeah, where knows yeah he's he's putting his but there's, you couldn't. It sounds like you could do that. Like I could do this. It's not, yeah. He's not really doing much, and you did it, and you would sound. I don't know how he gets away. He is singing in his own way. I mean, he's just talking. Mm -hmm. But if you talk like that, it's just like a rapper. You could learn the rap, but you just don't have that smooth voice. You don't have Q-tips smoothness. You don't have Nas's. You know, it's all just in that you can't replicate the voice. Doesn't really matter if it's not officially singing or hitting notes. It's just, it's real, and you yeah. feel it. You don't feel no. like he's bullshitting you. No, and, that, and, yeah. and that's, with Lou Reed, I think he, people say it, and people uh, attribute not giving a fuck to a lot of people. Yeah. It's thrown around. But I think Lou Reed for, really did not give a fuck what other people thought. Yeah. Um, As did Neil Young, who we talked about yes. before, because yeah. I, I felt like this conversation, there's, there's certain dudes that just... Fucking take it or leave it to. Yeah. And, and now just kind of goes back to do what you want do what do what you are going to be happy with yeah. and fuck whatever everybody else says. yeah um so so this so we're, this is the first song that i get well actually first sorry this is a velvet underground song mm -hmm. this is a leftover mm -hmm. um this is one of those kind of lou reed songs because it's not it's not in the uh glam rock aspect of it and it's not really Broadway, but you, it's a little Broadway, mm -hmm. like that beginning. Yeah. The, the bass is doom, 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 doom. Like you're saying, it's a little bit of both. It's a uh, little both. This song is kind of an, uh, and it's called Andy's fucking chest. Well, it's kind uh, of Andy's chest. It's a love song to Andy, Andy or tribute. Warhol. Tribute, yeah. yeah. It's a love song. It's not, you know, romantic. You know. Yeah. It's a tribute to Andy Warhol. Uh, after the Velvet Underground, basically a big reason they, John Cale and, and who's the other mastermind of uh, of uh, Velvet Underground and Lou Reed were annoyed, pissed off. I'm sure just they 
had enough of Andy Warhol uh, after Velvet Underground because when he threw in Nico, they were pissed off about that. Did um, not want Nico. They did not want her there. Um, Though she added very nicely to that first half. Yeah, oh, it's great. But, you know, when this Andy Warhol was the guy who was the, the money he was basically the money ideas gave uh, he produced that he, first album yeah and he gave a lot of people the Andy Warhol's Fun Factory whatever it's called Some, I always forget something factory um, was just kind of a conglomerate of, of artists and stuff and yeah. he paid for a lot of people I'm sure you know he had some weird nefarious things for a lot of a lot of these things too but uh, he was the money guy and these guys were after Velvet Underground were just tired done with Andy with uh, Andy Warhol and then Andy tired Warhol of being got, a house band exactly uh, yeah that's what exactly for the factory yeah. for the whatever it is and then Andy Warhol got shot yep. by a former uh, one of his old employees and feminist uh, uber feminist yeah radical and, feminist yeah and he the song Andy's Chest was literally because he had a scar you know from the gunshot yeah so I'm sure you know the your good friend, even though you're in a bad position with him, currently almost dies. You're gonna it's have a wake up call. It's a wake up call. So that's that's what this song is. Yeah, and I, I think it's his greatest lyrical imagery mm-hmm. type song. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, it's very it's very uh, it's, it's a lot of folklore and kind of uh, kind of uh, fables going through this here. Not yeah. fables, but you know. Yeah, the trees are calling after you. All the venom snipers after you. Uh, all the mountains boulder after you. I mean, it's just there. yeah, it's just everything. He's just it, it is a love song to mm-hmm. to his uh, a man that kind of got him to the level that he's at. Yeah. Um, there, there's a weird part in it where he talks about the nose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Daisy May. Uh, she's going down the street. Her hands became her feet. Her belly button was her mouth, which meant she tasted what she'd speak. But the funny thing is, what happened to her nose? It grew until it reached all her toes. Now, when people say her feet smell, they mean her nose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's very uh, uh, psychedelic, I guess. Yeah. That, um, that part, like, I remember when I was younger, it bothered me. Because it's just, when, and again, it's the way he says, like, what mm-hmm. happened to her feet in her nose? Yeah. Just, just to put it in your face. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really saying this. I'm not, like, being, like, kind of put in the background of all this music going on. It's right up front. And mm-hmm. I'm going weird here it's very yeah it's got a psychedelic feel to it um and then he goes into you know curtains laced with diamonds kingdoms christian sailors melting ice cap mountains great visuals yeah really like and it is it he is putting Andy Warhol like dude look what you've done for everybody yeah here. putting you up on you a know, you got a lot of these bloodsuckers coming after you and you know, all these things but look what you've done for all of us yeah and, you know, he's, he's creating a mount rushmore for uh for warhol in a song yeah, it's it's a good way to uh, to put it, and you got the uh, the usual suspects. Uh, we already talked about Bowie. His, I, I think uh, you can hear Mick Ronson doing the guitar in the back, um, but it's it's really just the imagery, the great drumming, and Bowie's ba 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 that just take the song to uh, to to the legend status that this album is. Um, you can't help but sing those ba ba bas. Yeah. I think it's like three Bowies too. Sounds like two uh, or three of them. Layered. Yeah. 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 Um, just kind of a straight up love song. And it's just got this floating feel to it. That's just nice, mm-hmm. you know. And it's got to be the ooze 
that from Bowie that are just holding it all above, making it kind of rise. But it's just a pleasant, pleasant tune. Mm-hmm. I dig it. And the and the bass, you got the boom, yeah. Boom. The bass kind of does the and go his, up and down. His vocals the following yeah. the bass line. Yeah, that right there. There's the one line in there, and I'm 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 assuming it's got the uh, it's got more uh, gay imagery here. Uh, the the bears, the honey bear thing. Yeah, that line. Is just, you, I gotta hear it unless you wanna do it. It's uh, because you know what they said about honey bears. When you shave off all their baby hair, you got a hairy-minded big bear bear. Big Bear, B-A-R-E, Bear, yeah. B-A-R-E. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm bears, you know, sexual, you know, gay bears, hairy gay dudes. Uh, I don't know, probably. You know, Andy Warhol's another one of these. Entr- I mean, I don't know if he was straight up gay all the time, but you know, also one of these double dippers. I don't uh, even know. I, I, I'm not even getting the gay reference there. I have just no idea what's going on there. I just now I imagine the shaved bear, which is pretty funny. <laughs> I just don't know what it. it I don't know. I, I don't what re- do they say about honey bears? Is there some sort? He says, you know what they say about honey bears? Maybe there was something back in the early '70s that they said about it. Yeah. Uh, I think he just wanted to do bear bear. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to have that line. He thought that was probably clever. How do you get to a bear bear? You know, you got to shave. Yeah. Uh, I really like the, uh, if I could be any of the things in the world that bite, instead of being a tethered oscillate on a leash, I'd rather be your kite and be tied to the end of your string and flying in the air, babe at night. Mm-hmm. As he's singing right now. Um, yeah, just uh, really great imagery. The big bear bear will always bother me, and the, the nose toes will bother me. Um, a beautiful song. When you shave Ooh. Um, he actually sings it right there. Yeah. You have a hairy minded big bear bear. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just a great little little love to Lou Reed's not really one known to go uh, psychedelic, but this sounds uh, psychedelic to me. Mm-hmm. Not, not really the music, well, even the music, but just uh, his, his imagery. Very Dylan y uh, out there imagery. And just. Uh, I mean, if someone said I wrote a song for you and then play this to me, I I would be. Uh, First of all, I'd be like, "What the fuck?" I'd be like, what, like oh, "I'd be like, good. I'd be like, what the fuck is Big Bear Bear?" Yeah. And we're hands and to toes, bro. That, dude. Yeah. We're supposed to tell people yeah. that. Um, so great trivia, Tandy. We're all. Um, yeah, great song. Two great songs in a row. Mm-hmm. We're gonna keep hearing great songs. So you got the you got the glam rock song, you got the Lou Reed mix type song and then you just have that was a little broadway and then we just go straight up only the reed could do yep perfect day with his perfect day it's just a perfect day Just a perfect day Drink sangria in the park And then later When 
There's epic right there. Fucking pretty. Yeah. I mean, the piano, um, uh, the strings. And there's, it, there's, uh, your, there's your Mick Ronson there coming in. Yeah, I mean. Piano and string arrangements. And a lot of people maybe look <clears throat> at it like this. This is the ultimate cheese, older, ballady mm-hmm. song. I mean, this is the grand of that era or, or of, of that kind of music. And it, uh, it's, it's perfect. It works so well. Now, if you're. If you didn't really get into music after 96, um, then you're like, of course, Lou Reed, Perfect Day. But this song was not really uh, in the culture or a big kind of song. I'm sure it was a big song for him, but not as big as this is now. And it was in the Train Spotting movie. Mm-hmm. The Which drug Bitch brought it. Brought it. Brought it yeah, it, it became like a number one hit again in the yeah. UK. Um, it's a great scene. It. It brings it into the heroin talk again because of that scene, um, and we'll get into kind of the breakdown of it. But first, let's just give Mick Ronson his due for this. This part right here. Uh, yeah, Mick Ronson... Piano and string arrangement mm-hmm. for the album, uh, think, for the song. Yeah, I think this song, uh, and I maybe I'm talking out of school here. I imagine Billy Joel heard this song and went, "Yep, I'm making music." I just it, the way he's, especially the way with the piano coming in, and especially when he sings the chorus on this, mm-hmm. I hear Billy Joel, um, Captain Jack's the piano man style songs yeah. and I mean that doesn't that's not knocking Billy Joel in any way but I hear yeah. I, I, I bet if you ask Billy Joel what he thought about this song he goes yeah that's an important song for me yeah I, yeah I'm not gonna yeah I'm not gonna knock that I don't know if obviously the whole starting it because he was doing stuff in 69 mm-hmm. 70 mm-hmm. but to where he went the pop yeah because I think he was trying to Billy Joel was trying to be a little more weird music for a while it wasn't working out and then he just went straight up pop. yeah this and kind of small this, this song, yeah. Just the and way he sings the chorus, specifically that, and the piano. Just I always think we, uh, Billy Joel when I hear this. And let's let's go to that. The chorus. He's singing. Yeah, and he's singing. He's, he's well. singing. Yeah, he, he's definitely got some effects on his voice it's on it, some some sort of uh, phase. Yeah, something. Yeah. But it's it's goddamn pretty. Well, and it's double it's double track. Yeah, yeah. But come on, let's. Crooning. Yeah. You hear the Billy Joel? And his voice cracks. 
It, it's, it has to be one of his best vocal performances on his whole yeah. discography. It's got to be his, his one of his best songs. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's probably his number two, per, uh, at least most popular songs. Yeah, um, yeah and, and it alludes back to the 96 thing. I don't think it, I think it was big, but I think it, it kind of got put into the cheesy category mm-hmm. for a while. There. This was the B-side uh, when he released it as for uh, Walk on the Wild Side. Okay. So, so a lot of people you know, are hearing it. Yeah, by you know, Walk on the Wild Side, which was huge. You know, it was big. And, the biggest thing and, then, and then you flip it over, and you have fucking Perfect Day as a B side. Come on. And you know. I, I like how you said that because out of all the songs on this album, turn down just a little bit. Um, these are Perfect Day and the next one. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's that's not until another song. But Walk on the Wild Side and this are just. Lou Reed creations mm-hmm. that don't really fit into any other kind of area. Just in, in music, yeah. Let alone Lou Reed's cat, uh, catalog. Yeah, in, people can put music. this into the balladry, <clears throat> smaltzy, cheesy, and it's got aspects of that, but it's it's just it's so well done. Yeah. Um, and again, let's let's not just say Lou Reed. It's Lou Reed Mick Ronson. Mm-hmm. Mick Ronson. I mean, when that man passes away, he knows that he wrote. Yeah. Perfect day, and yeah. I'll share a ton of other things too. I don't want to put down McRodson besides stuff he just did for other people. Yeah, but uh, he knows. So, what do you think, Charlie? A heroin song or a not heroin song? So, well, and, and I know George isn't like this, and I'm not like this either. We're not black and white. We're not like, are you on this side or you're not on this side? On on a lot of things, a lot of issues. We're just tired of people saying not it has to be this or has to be this. Very we, few things in life are black and white. Yeah, very and, few things. And, and I'm sure. Um, I'm sure there's both of it. I'm I'm for this just to make this interesting, and just the more I thought about it, I'm gonna go not anti-heroin, but I'm not. I don't think this is a song just about heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a song called Heroin. He yeah. doesn't fuck around. He doesn't. I'm gonna just hide obscure references. Mm-hmm. He's a song about heroin. I you know does heroin. Um, I look at this more as just the perfect day. As just not the boring day, but being with his wife, literally going to the park, going to the movie, going to the zoo, mm-hmm. just an everyday weekend where you're not going out, getting fucked up, you're not hungover, you're not out of your mind on heroin. Uh, but at the same time, you know, people do all that stuff to not think about all the problems in life. They do the drugs mm-hmm. and all that. But then there's the perfect day where you don't need all the excess of alcohol, drugs, all that, the, the crazy sex. You just go out with your loved one. It could be girl, guy. Bare essentials. Yeah, and you have the perfect day mm-hmm. without all the other stuff. You make you forget that you were you thought you were someone good. For a second, you're like, oh, I'm just like everyone else. I'm not the drug addict. Mm-hmm. I'm not the this Lou Reed character. I'm yeah. just the guy. Even, even for it, let's say, if you say part of it is about heroin oh yeah no he's, you, you can say it's a perfect day because he doesn't have the heroin right. he's like I'm having a great day because I'm I not on heroin I didn't think I could do this yes I didn't think I could get by or just even just just that day of getting up being with someone going to do the mundane mm-hmm. boring things that we all just like yeah you go to a park and a zoo I can do that anytime but there's just those days mm-hmm and that's I, I and maybe it's being older. I appreciate that more now than I did before. Um, 
but I'm going. I, I feel that more. And, me, and, and it's also like songs change with the way you go through mm-hmm. your life and change. Um, but yeah, that's. I don't think it's a, a dedication love song to heroin. See, um, I, I, I agree with everything you just said. And just to play devil's advocate, you could. You can make. And that's the beautiful thing about art. We're not like acting like you yeah. know, it's this, it has to be this. If you do look at it in, her- in the heroin aspect, he is having a beautiful day with heroin. He's having a good trip with heroin. Right. He is doing these. I mean, he's he was a functioning heroin addict. Right. So he could easily still be doing the things that he was doing, but by himself, instead of going out with this with this this lover that you were talking about. Yeah. In this one, um, you know, he's doing all these great things with with while on heroin. And the thing that makes me. Uh, this part right here is what makes me think it's more about heroin than not. Yeah. Is that you're gonna reap just what you sow. I yeah. think you have the good day and then you realize this, oh now I'm coming down or you know. Yeah. Again, I am putting this going out on a limb here, talking about, you know, saying it's about heroin. Um, but I think the you're gonna reap what you sow, he's starting to come down, realize, uh oh, you know, it's this thing again and then oh what a what you know, what a perfect day. Right. It was it was great yeah. while it lasted. Now, now I'm done. And, and then you know he's been asked many times about this um, from his own. I, I thought I had it written down some, somewhere, but from his own quote somewhere, he I mean he's saying no, it's me going out to the park with my mm-hmm. wife. I wish I had her written. I can't believe I didn't write her name down. Yeah, like, I think it's Karen. I want to say Karen, but I could be wrong. Sorry about that. Um, but one thing the uh, and again we can oh Betty Cronstad really. Shred? Spending a day with Betty Cronstrad, oh, fiance. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. In Central Park, I, I did have that right, written down. Sorry. Um, the first line: "What a perfect day, drink sangria in the park." You could, if you want to think about it with heroin. What are you doing when you're putting your needle in your arm? You pull the plunger in. Plunger drinks the. He takes some of your blood <laughs> in. Sangria is red in blood, and sangre is what blood means in Spanish. Uh, the plunger, you pull it in, and then you know you, you're your your needles pl- drinking the blood, and then spits it spits the heroin into you. I, so I, I'm just I'm, you know again dude, I'm, I'm going on a on a no, stretch. No, that's totally fine. You could say that. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing yes. the, the amount of stuff you can mm-hmm. say. But yeah, so it's a song about heroin and not heroin. Yeah, it's that's it's the, whatever the beauty, the beauty whatever of the read. whatever your perfect day is. Yeah, uh, my perfect day is a day with just me and heroin. So. Yeah. I mean, I wish you wouldn't judge me for that, but... I agree. <laughs> um, the, the other really cool thing about this song is it, it, it does a... I guess it's a parallel major key where the verses are minor and then the chorus is major. And you, obviously you feel that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a sad verse. It's kind of wandering. He's singing about nice things, but it's a little suspicious. And then the, the flood of the major chorus, that could be the flood of heroin. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know? Or right, it could just starting to see my side. Or it could just, or everyone said, yeah, in this yeah. universe, <laughs> every heroin person ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, oh god, it just reminds me of people on heroin. Every song is about heroin. heroin. It's amazing. Yeah, um, and pot people and and mushroom people uh, do the same yeah, thing. I, I, yeah, I mean, I've been there. Yeah, um, I've been that guy. I've been, I'm that guy right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had Klaus Vormann who played bass. Uh, he played on John Lennon stuff. He was a friend of the Beatles' early days. And uh, Irby Flowers is playing the tuba. What do I have written here? 
so two points. Um, I can't think of a part that would have that. I don't know why I wrote that. Maybe makeup does, but I don't know if this one does. Anyway. Yeah, just the bass. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it could be real lyrics, temporary escapes, mocking, or he could be mocking a perfect day. Mm-hmm. This is where we start going. With, he could just be making fun of it, like all you people living your fucking, going out into the zoo and oh, hanging out with a couple, and then you go back to work like, your days aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. They're dark. Stop, stop judging me. I'm judging you. There's that. There's that whole aspect of it too. For sure. So there's three. There's three things, and that's all they could be. Yeah. That's and all we're and giving And if you, you have a fourth one, you can go fuck yourself. There's definitely not a fourth angle no, to this. I mean, do you even... It's yeah. either hanging out with his woman and enjoying a nice day, normal. It's either he's high on heroin and he's shooting up in the park, uh-huh. or uh, he's making fun of the everyday man. And that's it. Yeah. So no if other you have person. a fourth one, don't ever listen to music again. Yeah. You obviously don't understand music. Yeah. At least not at our level, but I mean, we're better than you, so... Anything else for perfect day? Today's a perfect day. Yeah, so far so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep, so um, he's killing it. He's doing a good job. So far so good. I mean, we're three songs in and uh, going to the fourth. It's weird that he'd do so well on the album that we picked as greatest album. Yeah. Uh, uh, coincidence? I don't know. Let's see what you got for song number four, Lou. the chorus yet but it's a, he, he goes on a little Bob Dylan tangent four verses before he gets into uh-huh. um, to it but yeah. here we are we're back into um, to kind of the glam rock straight up well, this is more straight up rock and roll T-Rex kind yeah. of sound again dancey um, yeah Boogie. Uh, you, you got that 50s rock and roll feeling mm-hmm. going for here mm-hmm. um, you got Mick Ronson playing great lead guitar again it's like th- two or three guitars going on, too. You got that one that's like... Yeah, he's got the rhythm. I wonder if he's playing all that. I, I, I Obviously, I know he's playing uh, the solos, but even that um, even that lead guitar, it's just got a swing to it. Yeah, you, you want to dance to it. Um, there's a great piano that comes in. Uh, 238, I don't know where you are here. We're at uh, 45. We'll keep talking. Okay, so yeah. I have that on my, my notes too. Yeah, the piano, piano solo is just—it's got. So we'll we'll stop when the piano kicks in. Um, so, I, I, you know, we go from a nice rocker to kind of a couple weird songs, a really mellow song, and then just a great rock and roll song. You were saying this is one of your favorites? Yeah, the it's it's got the it's definitely Dylan esque, and it's definitely uh, Mark Bo, uh, Mark Bolin T Rex. See, just the it just reminds me of. Uh, like Electric Warrior, uh, Jeepster kind of yeah. kind of tune, yep. um, and just groovy. Yeah, just nice driving yeah. bass, and whatever that. It's a guitar. It's so dope. I know. 
It's just got that swing and then it bow. Wow. Yeah. And the lyrics on this one, I think, are very good. Yeah, uh, and we'll get to that. Are we about to hit the uh, piano, or should yeah, we? Coming up. There's the piano. And, and when it drops down, it's descending. right there too so this isn't a song about wanting to hang around this sounds like all the characters of his life that he's uh, happy he's rid of yeah he's the hangers on that he's mm-hmm. uh, he's glad to either be be gone or no longer wants to be around because he's used to doing stuff that Uh-oh. I used to do a long time ago yeah that line right there I mean it could even be I think again it's thinking the people that he used to hang out with yeah and if he's he's he went in and out of say heroin again, out of George. use with heroin so many goddamn times that the you're still doing things that I gave up years ago thing um, for me is just there you go heroin again I, well and I look at it even it's I think like he's just got all these different characters he's got the Harry who's a rich rich kid so he's just got this rich kid who probably was spoiled and um, dug up his dad <laughs> and he would become a priest yeah then you got uh he did it with tarot cards so you got the person who's telling you they're spiritual or mystical and you're just like oh really and then you might even believe him for a little while and they lead you down this path and it's path to nowhere they're bullshit soothsayers you got Jeannie who's a spoiled young brat she thought she knew it all we all know those people yeah. uh, she was kind of a freak she'd have sex everywhere smoke menthol like cigarettes George would not like that or would like that I smoke menthol cigarettes okay so George would dig Jeannie but Lou not and a I big like fan I like having sex in the hall and you don't like having sex with men. True. That's another important part yeah. of that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so the, the first couple of verses are just him kind of talking about people that are either selling him bullshit or just, you're not a friend, you're just someone trying to sell me on some. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you gotta, mojo. Think, you gotta think the amount of people that, when you're in, when you're in a, when you're a drug guy, the amount of people that you're around just degenerates if, if you're not one yourself which you, as much as which people who think they don't they're not yeah. if you're a drug person you're a degenerate yeah. it, you don't it, surround it yourself with uh, with good people no not professional you know good salt of the earth people not looking out for your own interests no uh, exactly you had, and then you got Kathy and he's not really being that harsh on her just kind of Saying that when she spoke, her her glasses finally broke. No one else could smoke while she was in the room. So she was. It was almost like she just took over the room whenever mm-hmm. she was around. It was all about her. I um, love this part though. Hark the! I don't know why Hark the Herald Angel sing. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure about this part. Sprinkling angel dust to AT and T, who didn't wish you well. So yeah, just kind of a man that's. Uh, just want to move on from whatever scene he's in, and mm-hmm. it could be the whole factory, mm-hmm. Andy Warhol scene, getting rid of, uh, moving on from that, moving on from Velvet Underground, yeah, and all those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because even even in the Andy's chest, in Andy's chest, he talks about the hanger oners, 
I think he's he's kind of he's probably naming most people in this one. Uh, yeah, Lou Reed not afraid to actually name real people, yeah. and he'll do that again on Walking the Wild Side exactly. without the people's even knowledge until they heard it. Yeah, and they're like, oh, that's me. And they're just talking about me. So I'm sure Jeannie, uh, Harry, Kathy, I'm I'm sure these are all real people. Real people. Yeah. And that must be harsh too. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I knew Lou Reed. I hung out with him. He's got a new album. Let me listen to it. Oh, you just oh, call me out boy. in two verses. Oh boy. <laughs> but then you're like, cool. I'm yeah. cemented. Yeah, exactly. For being in, in, being in annoying, being an but, asshole. Yeah. yeah. Um, but nice, but cool. You know, there there it is again with Lou Reed. Just instead of a rock and roll song about driving cars, it's kind of just a mad song about people that he doesn't want to be around. It's absolutely. a little more adult. You know, going back to that adult theme thing. Just I'm moving on from mm-hmm. this scene. Um, but it's still enjoying. Like you could put this on at a party and people would have a good time even though it's kind of a negative song absolutely it's almost like he's having he's like partying with the people and saying like this is the last time we'll be around together yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah i'm like the people you're around especially drug i mean again drug people just, yeah ugh. yeah because i'm gonna go do drugs uh, in the park yeah exactly sangria yeah there you go glad you made the connection <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, one of my favorite ones just just it, it's a banger yeah a banger Yep, so set the, the, I guess we'll put that as number two for the uh, the glam rockish mm-hmm. type songs. Mm-hmm. So we got two of those, really crazy Lou Reed ballad, and then kind of a mixer of the Broadway um, rock song. Um, so yeah, just it's and he the, the the sequencing of this album is really good too. I mean, he could have done Vicious, Hanging Around, maybe Satellite of Love, Wagon Wheel. If you put them all kind of together, it would have just been rock and then Broadway. Yeah, because you, 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 if you listen like Vicious and Wagon Wheel, a couple of them you go, oh, these are these these are very close. They're, they're very close. Yeah, and yeah, the spacing of it is is is, is great. That's why we're doing this as an album. <laughs> Again, we were just reminding you what, what the this podcast is. is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a great, great song. Um, and now we will go into, unless you have anything else with that. No. Uh, we're going to go into Lou Reed's biggest song. Everyone knows it, even if you don't know it. You know it. Fuck on the Wild Side. Away across USA, plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, Hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, Hey, honey, take a walk on the wild side. Everybody's darling But she never lost her head Even when she was given head She says, hey babe Take a walk on the wild side Said, hey babe Take a walk on the wild side 
and the colored girls go do 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 with the colored girls thunder thighs yeah not actually colored girls not actually colored girls no all white girls oh really yeah didn't i didn't have that written down thank you for informing me i have written out in all caps not actually colored girls (laughs) yeah the thunder thighs see a picture of them yeah i think they're three white girls they're specifically not one not colored girls that's crazy i'm gonna look that i believe i just want to see what they look like i guess they're like i think they're called thunder thighs um which I think they were like an acapella, just girls singing group. Um, which, yeah, that, that colored girls part was. Uh, oh, that's, so, that's. Don't do Google images. You're going to see a lot, a lot of shit you're not going to want to see. Um, this song is one of the most classic songs of all time. Yeah, I mean, let's just get it out of the way. The bass line. Yep. Uh, one of the most like Herbie Flowers who plays it, and this guy is like a jazz bassist, can probably do or can do incredible things on the bass. And and, and, and what he'll always be known for is doom doom boom doom doom. And there again is the magic of rock and roll. It's not the it's not the music where you have to be this virtuoso. Not at all. You just you find that it's the same thing with hip hop. You just gotta find and, and this song was sampled by Tribe Called Quest. Uh, it's just the dopeness of that moment you find. Um, and, and and he just rides this bass. It's actually two basses. Yeah. There's a stand up bass and then there's an overdub, another bass, so it's really got that thick sound and he kinda does like a contrasting sliding up and slide down at certain points, so it's got this weird swing to it. Um. I, I, yeah, and, and Thunder Thighs, I, I'll go with George that, you know, maybe they're not even call girls, but to say we, to say call girls sing, if if we wrote a song today and said call girls sing, yeah. we would be butchered. Yeah, I mean, e- even at the time, it did get, it did did it? get censored, it got censored out in the U.S. But a little fun fact about this, which I love, is they, in the Didn't U.K., huh? In the, in the U.K., in the U.S., the, uh, she, uh, what was it? She never lost her head, even when she was giving head. Uh, in the U.S., that was that had to get that got changed. The lyrics had to change for radio play. Uh, but in the U.K., they didn't. They let it go because they didn't. There wasn't a euphemism for sucking dick. Poor British. So, so it was an inside joke for everybody who knew. They yeah. go, ah, they let that play on the radio, which is so funny to think like. It's crazy to think they they not play a Beatles song for saying knickers, or girl, you're let your knickers down. And then they'll play "Given Head" because they didn't yeah, know. They didn't you know. know. It, it's it, the euphemism. Yeah. That and and just nowadays, that is such a. It's the word. It's what it's, you it's say. The phrase. Yeah. Did you get head? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess you don't really ask. Did you get head? But <laughs> did you get head last night, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but it is. Uh, didn't lose my head when I was getting head. Um, just. And, and so the story is about uh, we were talking earlier about the crossdressers, um, and that's the appropriate phrase here. That's what they were. That's what they are. Crossdressers, drag queens, um, in New York, which Lou was was on to frequent uh, in New York. And this is a story about four or five of them 
Uh, Holly, one, Candy, Holly. Little Joe, Sugar Pump Flare, and Jacko. Sorry. Yeah, and no, these were all characters that were in the. Fa- we gotta figure out what the fuck the name Andy Warhol's Factory is. I feel like an idiot who I keep calling it something Factory. Um, these were all characters in this whole scene. They were the they were the drag queens. Uh, they were in in Andy Warhol's movies that he would make. Uh, the factory. Oh, then I'm completely right. Yeah, <laughs> you should. You should have just wrote that out. <laughs> if, if there are people actually listening, they're like, "It's the fucking factory." Uh, yeah, 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 you're right. Stop giving yeah. yourself a disclaimer there. Yeah, okay. So Andy Warhol's the factory. Chocolate factory. Um, these people, <laughs> Andy Warhol and the factory, were uh, just people that were in into it. Actors, uh, models. The first girl she that he talks about, uh, Holly Woodlawn, actually just died last year. And they had like Rest a, a piece. they had a um, they had like a little Lou Reed uh, the play obviously play the song and stuff and um, so rest in peace to Holly Woodlawn the famous New York uh, drag queen and this uh, this song to me is another one of these 1970s New York uh, Ludlow Street it's it's, it's that's actually wrote epitome of 1970s New York. There you go. The word <laughs> epitomies. Yeah, and and not that it doesn't deserve, but that this became like a huge single. Yeah. It's just so not what singles are. Absolutely, it's slow. It's slow. It, it's not. It's not catchy. I mean, it is catchy, but it's not. It's not uh, a standard catchy pop tune. It's not like he says this and he goes and everything picks up and he's like, take a walk on. You know, it's just, he just every, keeps everything chill and it became his biggest song ever, which it, it deserves it. Yeah. He, I, I think it's genius that he does the do do's and then he tells the girls to sing and they jump in and it's just. And the girls, the, the, their voices are awesome, especially the last little phrase yeah. they hit. To me, is it's like and they just hold it. Oh, it's a frequency that's like it's angel singing. And it, it goes back right to here. the early doo wop girls. This yeah, absolutely. And then with the sax solo, yeah, right here. And it's got the little twinkle, yeah. little strings, mm-hmm. just, just kind of going up your, the back of your neck. Yeah, you know the far side. Um, sorry, uh, Sublime Garden Grove. Yeah, it's got the strings yeah. just kind of going on in the background. I, 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 I probably heard Sublime Garden Grove before I heard this song yeah. growing up. Uh, that's what it always reminded me of just that string that just little creep. creeping up in the background. And uh, that's Ronnie Ross on the sax. He actually taught Bowie the saxophone. Oh, really? Yeah. And Bowie's playing uh, playing the little backup acoustic guitar okay. on this the, one. The, the, little, so little, the rhythm? A little on the back, yeah. Okay. Um, Candy Darling uh, is also she was mentioned in Candy Says from Velvet Underground mm-hmm. so she's gotten a lot of love yeah. on the, she's on some two amazing songs you're right Bowie's acoustic Ronson is doing the strings um, and, and the drums are just nice and just the kind of marching drums but he uh, they were first using the sticks and he told them to use brushes it's just got that nice yeah. sweep Strassy. going on yeah it, it always sounds like it's gonna go somewhere and it never does mm-hmm. You know, like on a jazz song, this would be the intro, and then they would go off, and he just rides it out. Again, going back to just, they found the perfect uh, two notes. Why why go anywhere else? Um, Walk on the Wild Side was a book originally in, in the 50s, I believe, by Nelson Elgin, Eldrin, and it was about the dregs of society. The dregs of society? Yes. So, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, so I'm sure he read that, got inspired by it. Um, I believe this is his quote, but an outright gay song. Just kind of a, here are all these gay people mm-hmm. in this world, and 
this is kind of an anthem to them. And and walk on the wild side isn't walk on the heroin side. No. It's walk on the gay side. It's, it's, it's <laughs> go across the other side. Of these, but, these drag queens are... But everyone else who listens to it, we're always like, oh, go, you know, break on through to the other side, that kind of thing. It's, it's, well, because it, it's the cross-dresser or it's the drag queen walking down at 3 o'clock in the morning and you're parked on your parked car and she goes, hey, baby, why don't you take a walk on the wild side? Yeah. And then... Uh, Anybody hanging around at that time, drunk in the right circumstances, uh, you know, yeah, they're all hookers, they're all prostitutes, yeah, you know, street Sugar, plum fairy, came Sugar uh, plum fairy, as you just mentioned. Um, the, the thing that popped up for me is, uh, obviously, I'll bring up, I bring up, I think I bring up the Beatles every fucking time. I'm, I'm obsessed, I know every little detail of them, and uh. If you listen to one of the outtakes of Strawberry Fields Forever, right before John Lennon starts singing one of the kind of acoustic versions, he goes, Sugar Plum Fairy, Sugar Plum Fairy, and then sings it. I wonder if it's got to be she got her name from. In, in this, yeah, maybe. But I, I like the Sugar Plum Fairy. Clearly was the one going for the black clientele. Um, went to the Apollo? Looking for soul food and place to eat. Went to the Apollo. You should have seen him go here. Go. Um, so yeah, going to the going to Harlem or going to you know Jamaica Heights in New York. Uh, taking a walk alongside over there. So yeah, you get Jackie who's all speeded up, speeding away. Thought James Dean for a day. Valium would have uh, helped her help that bash. Yeah, just I always love that line. Thought she was James Dean for a day. Yeah, and just like. Whatever reason like that, I grew up fucking loving James Dean. Yeah, he, um, and and even Jackie, a girl, yeah. crossdresser, yeah. yeah, just pretending to be. I think everyone has a moment of thinking you're gonna be the James Dean, the mm-hmm. you're gonna shine for a bright moment, fade away, and then it's gone. Yeah, I mean that's that's that, well, that's James Dean for a day. That's, Have that's everyone exactly love what it is you up and down in a day. Yeah, you're and James Dean in a day. And Jackie probably lived that moment. A perfect day for Jackie mm-hmm. was just that that one day that. She felt like she was James Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the sax solo, just to end it, I mean, you could just keep going with that. Yeah. It's, it, it's weird that that gets mentioned so much, and all this is about 10 seconds, and mm-hmm. it's the fade at the end, but it just jumps right on the end and yeah. grabs you. Because there's no sax the whole song. You know, it, the, the, the sax You're right. Like, all right, here, you're right. sax if, now. If they brought it in in the middle and then wouldn't brought it back the again. Same, wouldn't no. have the same... Uh, it the just same it leaves you wanting more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for a song that's been played so much... And, and, and not that I like crave to hear it, but when it's on, you just yeah, I'm gonna listen to this. It's it it kind of drifts off to this nice kind of comforting place, even though the stories are about prostitutes living this dark sex life. If you were going to make, if you were to tell someone, all right, here's what your, here's the formula to make a great pop song that'll last forever. I bet the first four things you wouldn't say is make it about uh, make it about. Um, Transvestites or about uh, cro- about drag queens. Gays. Make it really slow, two chords, and no have, real singing. Have, have yeah, have uh, you know, doo wop singers in the back. And mention them as colored girls. Yes. Tell them tell yeah. the t- colored girls to sing when yeah. you want them. Now to make sing. a popular song out of that. Yeah. It, it's got and for a famous song, it's got none of the. And again, the, don't really sing. No, exactly. Just kind of chat your way he, through it. He's doing his kind of. Um, He'll do his little ha. Huh. Yeah. His I lounge. Love that. I, yeah. His lounge thing that he's doing, you know. Yeah. He'll throw in a little kind of funk, kind of. It's almost like a slow man, James Brown. Oh. Yeah. You know, just little grunts. It's like, where? Is he, is he sitting, singing the song? Is he standing? I, I imagine him down? sitting down. Sitting down, like, 
just kind of like one one leg on the stool, the other leg on the floor, just kind of like looking around, telling stories. Yeah. Kind of like New York coffee shop beatnik, uh, beatnik yeah. type uh, type place, the Village or Greenwich Village. Uh, Greenwich Village is, is London, the Village in, uh, it, in New York. I always imagine when artists just hit not just their biggest song, but just the song that kind of transcends, just like that moment when he actually just did it. And just did he? What is there that a, a bigger feeling going on when he's in the in the moment, or is it just another song from another day? And he was just like, "Oh, that song, cool, that became big." Or was he just? I'd imagine if you do a song like this, you kind of go, "Oh, well, that song took off." You'd be surprised if you write a song like "Whole Lot of Love." You go, "Well, this is yeah. come on, this is a fucking jammer." You, everybody yeah. like, is everybody's gonna love this song? Yeah. If you write a song like this, you, you, you gotta hope it it just resonates with people and people talk about it people tell other people about it and yeah. you know this song could have easily fallen into obscurity for sure there's no, there's really no reason for this song to be Lou Reed's most popular song yeah there's, there's really nothing to justify it it yeah. just is why try to explain it I, I, there's no point in and you're right it was it was kind of just the prying open the door to this darker part of society that maybe a lot of people just didn't know yeah yeah. And he was he gave them their their spot in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, his biggest song, and uh, I mean we got five we're five songs in, and he's crushing it. Yeah. And so this is the the drag queen song. The next one gets even a little more a uh, little more drag queeny. Yes, we're going into uh, drag queen uh, epicenter right now. Middle of the album, makeup. Your face when sleeping. Is sublime, and then you open up your eyes. Then comes pancake factor number one eyeliner, rose hips, and lip gloss. Such fun, you're a slick little girl. You're a slick little girl Rouge and coloring, incense and ice Perfume and kisses, ooh, it's all so nice You're a slick little girl You're such a slick little girl Now we're coming out out of our closets out on the streets yeah we're coming out when you're in bed it's so wonderful it'd be so nice to fall in love when you get dressed I really get my fill people say that it's impossible gowns lovely made out of lace and all the things there's that, that tuba maybe I was yeah. getting to this is a very tuba song I don't know why I had it <laughs> very tuba heavy what was the name of the, uh, the fella tuba uh, fella Herbie Flowers yeah um but I have T-Rex written. I guess he played with T-Rex, too. 
I don't know. That, that might be all over the place. Um, well, here we go with the uh, Broadway musical, huh? Mm-hmm. And as a young man, when I first heard this song, I was like, what the fuck is going on? The, this, this part right here. <laughs> to, to just stop Take Disney To stop everything Yeah There's a little drum In the background Yeah And it, it's It just It didn't make sense to me it, it almost felt like a joke And again With his singing on it too and The only note I wrote on this Is gay uh, It's 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 a It's a I just see Lou Reed in like a tight t-shirt and just kind of like doing his like shoulder like up and down and yeah. just kind of like it, obviously this isn't a visual podcast so if you see what I'm doing I'm putting I'm doing very He's flailing effeminine, in a very way. feminine hands gestures you know and like he's he's like like, like doing that like roll over piano even though there's no piano playing and he's just kind of like putting his like Hand on his, <laughs> you know, putting his shoulder, his uh, elbow down it's on the piano. Very yes. Very theatrical. And maybe like a top hat, like up and down, mm-hmm. doing like that, and kicking out his legs like a dancer. I think it, it's almost even mocking, uh, mocking gay people. Yeah. In this, as yeah. you know, just like all right, let's not. I mean, he 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 said it before, where it's like all right, we gotta stop. Uh, all you guys need to stop acting like a bunch of queens and a bunch of you know. Stop acting so effeminate. Yeah. Stop having the affectation of, of you know. A, we get it. Yeah, we get it. And I think this is this this song is kind of tongue in cheek about that. You know, he's not directly saying stop being, stop being so flamboyant. Yeah. Just kind of you know, and kind of skirting, teasing, teasing about it. Yeah, and he's going. You know, he's not doing Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, oh, Queens of the Stone Age. That's hilarious. I said that. Queens. Drag Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> Queens, where it's like, we are the champions of the ultimate no. gay song. We, you know, these huge horses. You just, we're coming out. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 yeah, and that's what makes... Out of our closets. Like, big deal. Just fucking do it. Yeah. Like, this isn't a big triumphant song. It's just, yeah, we're here now. We're cool. just going to do what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's uh, just as perfect day could be mocking. I, I'm open to this being a mocking song against his own, his own. Yeah, yeah. You're a slick little girl. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think maybe not the this song always kind of reminds me of, of or I, this song I see a lot of Julian Casablanca in. Um, in in you we, we did the we did a room on fire last week and we brought up the Luridian tones and we're doing the, that kind of there's a connection here there's yeah, we, did, yeah. we did strokes and we're doing this because there's Casablanca's Lou Reed connection yeah here. that's that's one thing we did talk about kind of doing from here on out is yeah. doing back to back kind of either something more Loosely something themed. contemporary something contemporary is what older no newer yeah something, something from the 60s new, 70s maybe. and then mostly probably what we'll do is 90s 2000s something right. that at least connected somehow some kind of thing yeah um, and we brought up Lou Reed a bunch of times and you can't talk about I mean I guess you can but Casablanca's and, 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 and Lou Reed but I could see him doing this song. yeah um, but another just like weird Lou Reed song. You know what? It's the also Lou Reed song. It's also part, maybe a love song to watching his cross-dressed lover now mm-hmm. getting dressed and mm-hmm. just sitting there and being like, "I love this this yeah. world that I'm in now. This is where I was meant to be." You know, it could be that. It might not be the whole mocking thing. Yep. 
he was married in a farce relationship, and now he's just he's with the girl. And he's he's uh, exuberantly out of the closet. Yeah. You know, we can actually have the freedom to be himself. Yeah, this could just be a, this yeah. a freedom song in a Lou Reed way. The yeah. only way Lou Reed knows how to do yeah. it. As ambiguous and as androgynous as Lou Reed, a lot of his songs are too. Yeah. I, and I just I imagine again a, a person who was looking for a rock album mm-hmm. when this comes on. You know, they just listened to Walk on the Wild Side. Yeah. And this comes on. Now, like, I imagine this song live performing it could have gone wrong many times. Yeah. I could just imagine just doing it live and just everything kind of being a little off and you're not really singing this and it's kind of uncomfortable and talking about coming out of the closet. I can imagine this song being a train wreck live. And I bet you he loved it. Yeah, absolutely. The yeah. chaos of it. Yeah. You know? He probably enjoyed the. Yeah. Um, a weird fucking Lou Reed song. That's all. That's all I gotta say about that. I, I don't think this song exists without him doing the Broadway. Oh, it doesn't exist without the Broadway uh, musical that he mm-hmm. was writing. This, mm-hmm. this is in there. I think it's this Walk on the Wild Side. We get a couple songs later on. New York Conversation. Yeah. Um, even though those are Velvet Underground songs, but anyways, um, this, this. If you're gonna throw the oddball, and, and there's so much different type of styles of music, but do you think this one is the the one that sticks out as re- a New York conversation is really weird too? Those two, makeup yeah. and a New York conversation, yeah. are the ones that are just Lou Reed being fucking Lou Reed. Yeah, and God bless him for it. God bless him for it. Absolutely. Um, fucking weird. Love it. Yeah. All right, we're on to song number seven. Uh, and, and this, God, I mean, this is the second single off the album. And it's got to be one of my all-time favorites. Goddamn beautiful, Satellite of Love. Satellite's gone up to the sky. that drive me out of my mind I watched it for a little while I like to watch things on TV Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite Satellite's gone way up to Mars Soon it'll be filled with park and cars I watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV Satellite of love It's another uh, Billy Joel song (laughs) You get another Billy Joe song. You got another. Let's let's bring up Mick Ronson again. Mm-hmm. Piano, recorder. You got the bum bum bums again. Yep. Uh, from Bowie. Um, you know what I just heard too is the chorus. Oh, and I like this. The recorder. Fool on the Hill. That's Mark Ronson also playing the recorder there. And during the chorus, he does, uh, it, it almost sounds like he's got that same phase double 
vocal that he had for Perfect Day. Mm-hmm. And these are kind of his two big chorus songs. Yeah, so whatever they did on, on uh, Perfect Day fits into this very well. This is an older, this is a Velvet Underground song. The older version was harder, kind of more aggressive rock song, you know, more in the vein of Velvet Underground. Um, what do you think, George? Um, is this a good song? Yeah, I think it's a good song. There's two kind of uh, themes here that don't get that don't uh, that don't really go together yeah, well. No idea what the song. He's the satellite of love was him talking up to. I started writing this down, but I didn't finish it. He was talking with uh, maybe John Cale, and they were saying John Cale from Velvet Underground, and they were saying, "Oh, what are we, let's write a song about. What are we going to write a song about?" I think this was 1969. Yep, and they said. Well, fucking the space race is popular. Write a song about the space race. So that's where you get satellite from. The first line, uh, <clears throat> the first line. Uh, do you have it there? Satellites gone up to the skies. Things like that drive me out of my mind. That so that part is, I think probably pure just him watching the the satellite. The amazement up. of yeah, it. The yeah, the space race of it. And then it's jealousy of his lover. So it's kind of got two weird things. You got satellites, you got love, and then put it together, you got satellites of satellite of love. Yeah. Um, and there's really no no combination of the two. Really, it's not. It's not like a, other than calling it a satellite of love. Which what, what does that even mean? I um, mean, it, it's kind of yeah. just the two things in a song. Yeah, and it's kind of that cheesy like. If I could put a satellite of love either to the human race or towards that person that I love and just shoot them a direct, you know, message yeah. of love. Yeah. I wish I had a satellite of love. But yeah, he even said that it was uh, the satellite had just gone up. It was big, big deal news. Uh, it was on TV and it was just in that time. And you know, now we take all this for granted. But it, it's crazy that it was only 1969, which is only 11 years before I was born. And just, you know, well, how long ago from now, 40 years ago, mm-hmm. that that was the first time that we had pictures from out of space that, it's that it's actually legitly, yeah. uh, you know, we already figured it out by then that w- it was the world was round, but there were still, there's still a lot of people that doubt it now, but definite proof that was the actual first time 1969 that's that's crazy we're just in the beginning of this mm-hmm. and for the, for them to all be watching this on their little three channel tvs and to be inch, like 12 inch tv that they're flying to out of space and um yeah he i like how he documented that time and you're right um there was some quote i wrote the worst kind of jealousy about an unfaithful girlfriend mm-hmm. so you know that's great he, he takes the what's actually going on in the world and then kind of his personal life and kind of there's a little blender of it yeah this song to me I, I can I can imagine Bowie singing it um yeah Bowie doing this song very Bowie Ziggy Stardust era where yeah. he goes uh satellites gone way up to Mars soon it will be filled with parking cars that to me is kind of a straight up Bowie Bowie tune yeah um yeah, and he's kind of predicting the future. Like, here's the first step. Soon we'll be conquering Mars. Yeah. We're like, yeah. we're we're going on from yeah, here. Yeah, it's kind of like the Joni Mitchell, Big Yellow Taxi. Um, yeah, are we just gonna fuck over Mars yeah. just like we fucked over here? Yeah. Pave paradise and put a parking lot. Yeah, uh, kind of thing there. Satellites gone up to the skies. This kind of thing. Uh, things like that drive me out of my mind. Yeah. So it, it's just got a nice tempo going the whole time. The piano playing is just. Amazing. This, this the sprinkles and the album. And Bowie's backup right here. The outro the is what makes this. Yeah. If it didn't have this outro, 
the outro from it's one of my big notes. Just hearing two greats go out together. Yep. Ah. Oh. It's another. This ending here is very. Is also another one of the glam rock songs. Yeah. And just you got the horn. Da, da, oh. da. It's da, da, da. pretty ridiculous. I remember even when when uh, Bowie passed away. I think it was Mark Maron even posted something on his Twitter and just like this song. He's just like just listen to that glorious Bowie. Just. Mm. I mean, he's done so many great things in his own songs, but this. This is up there with one of the best moments of Bowie, and he did it with Lou. Yeah. Just the ooing. For Lou. With it Lou. just sounds like a man that's just in... Uh, I don't even know why he hits those notes. And I think that's... Uh, uh, Lou, Lou Reed did say something about... Uh, they asked them about... Because uh, mostly what, what Bowie's doing in this song, in this album, other than producing, is backup vocals. Yeah. You know, a couple of acoustic guitars uh, here and there, but... He said his backup, He was like... To sing backup vocals for me, I understand it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. And he goes, what Bowie did was just bananas. Yeah. Like, at, like the notes that he would hit, is, he said he was just always awestruck by, by Bowie's, yeah. uh, Bowie's capabilities. And he, that's just showing love, too. Absolutely. Just being like, I'm going to make this yeah. as best I can for you. Like you, those bum bum bums. You think they fucked? No. You don't think so? No. Nah, who, I don't know. I How just from speculation, they're both dead. I don't know. Play with their ding-alongs? Just a little dingling. I mean, maybe they were all high and probably drunk. (laughs) Who knows? Probably. (laughs) If I mean, maybe if you know David Bowie and and and, uh, Mick Jagger were found dead together. Yeah. Yeah. Just hopefully the history. Hopefully they did. Hopefully they did. For for the the. And somehow the they the somehow universe. they created a child that we don't know about yet. That would be so cool. Yeah. Bruno Mars. Mars. The color doesn't really work out there. Uh, I don't know. But maybe if two gay men have a baby, it probably would be a different color. It's what a gay man Comes out the perfect. butthole. That's, where else would it come out of? Peehole? Come on. Um, Satellite of Love. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful song about, uh, about gay sex. Gay love, sorry. Uh, there was one uh, encounter with David Bowie in 1979 that should be brought up that uh, David Bowie told him to clean up his act. Lou Reed hit him. They got in a fight and said, don't you ever fucking say that to me yep. again. Mm-hmm. So they had a little falling out there. And But David Bowie's being the great dude he was. Didn't and take it and um, Lou Reed has... I mean, he wasn't the easiest person. He was a kind of a, kind of a dickhead a lot yeah. uh, to a lot of people. Insecurity, to, yeah, and dickheads of people who he loved, the people that loved him, people he just couldn't drugs, man, drugs, yeah. and he can't, uh, and not to excuse it, but drugs and that child. I mean, dude, reading that book, do you have it here? Reading yeah. his book, it's about his room. childhood is just fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, and if you're not gonna say that, that his childhood has something to do with his. With his well, upbringing, yeah, and that's one of the the conversations that everyone has about artists and the greats. Is there's always some kind of childhood? Yeah. Not always, of course. There's sometimes, but pretty much always. Pretty much always. There's something. There's something Any tweaked. Great. Something great. tweaked. Yeah. Um, and he definitely had a tweak. Again, we don't have to mention that he was uh, electroshock therapy. 
to a child. For something he's not controlling. For something that's not, you can't no. get rid of. No. So you fried something else. I, I Now I actually thank them for doing that. You created, you did a Frankenstein. Yeah. You created yeah. goddamn Lou Reed. Yeah. Um, you know, besides that, he probably would have just been an accountant and worked at his dad's office mm-hmm. and that would have been that. We would have never known. But now we're here writing a podcast about him. So, um, if he if knew, you, if his legacy would be a podcast. If <laughs> if you're worried about your kid, just you want to be a little more cooler. Yeah. Electroshock therapy. Yeah. Thumbs up. Maybe um, abuse him a little bit. Yeah, maybe smack him around. Not sec- don't sexually abuse no, him. Let's not, not do that. Saying that. But you know, smack him around. Yeah. A little verbal abuse never hurt anybody. Yeah. Um, tell him he's worthless. Yeah. Tell him he was a mis- definitely tell him he was a mistake. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. It's, it's an easy one too. And then uh, you'll probably have Lou Reed on your hands. Yeah. Have fun with that. Uh, but yeah, one of, one of his all-time greats. Uh, that the ending, just magical Magic. moment. Um, let's move it on. Wagon wheel number eight. We stopped right there. No, this part. when I was about to say just and, and it is like the straight up rocker that that dropout is so mm-hmm. perfect there's no need for it oh, no, no no need for it but you didn't see it coming and he kind of does like a little prayer like he almost gets lost in the song and they, they put delay on the guitar delay on his voice and it's just you know he's singing up to the father look what happened it's made me lazy mm-hmm. and then it's just right back to what George and I were kind of talking about uh, this is right back to Vicious T-Rex it sounds like two different T-Rex songs. It sounds like Vicious. It sounds like a mix of everything. But he brought back the Thunder Thighs. Yeah. With... <gasps> beautiful. Singing Great. along together. They, they end. Like, in the two songs that they do play, or sing on, they, the way they end their the little phrases are fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. They got that cool Tom drumming. He's just doing a lot of with the toms. Uh... On the rock songs, really, the the drumming is understated, but it's listen them go off. You can just hear the toms. Just and 
nice little outro right there. He's got the thunder thighs back in. How are they not black girls? I know. I, I still, we need to figure that one out. Um, yeah. So I guess this would be song number three out of the big rock songs. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah, perfect time to come in because we've we've been we, we kind of left there for a while. We went yeah. walk on the wild side, um, which is obviously we've talked about that is his biggest song. Those nice makeup. You went really weird. Satellite of Love is a is one of those mix where it's a Lou Reed song because it's it's got the glam rock, but it's not straight up glam rock. No, no. Yeah, um, it's not the whole time. It's just Lou Reed. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the more of the waltzy ballady. Yeah, it's tone. it's. We I would say Perfect Day and Satellite of Love are just Lou Reed, just mm-hmm. offshoots. Mm-hmm. Everything else is kind of a mix. Um, but now we're back to straight up good glam. old rocker. Glam rock. Yeah, absolutely. Just just a great. You don't have crazy strings besides this amazing breakdown. Uh, do you have any kind of uh, any interpretations of the actual song? I think. I have I have just guy asking for help, guy uh guy needing help just kind of I don't know drugs again I I mean <laughs> heroin again yeah the, the the breakdown that I'm gushing over he does say oh heavenly father what can I do she's done to me it's making me crazy oh heavenly father I've been sinned but look what I've been it's making me crazy yeah I'm with that he's mm-hmm. he's looking for someone to help him keep rolling on keep uh keep moving because at times he's kind of Breaking down. I hear the that phrase wagon wheel. I know uh, Ryan Adams has. He, oh, that's winding wheel. But wagon wheel wheels are just wagon wheel off the wagon on the wagon. Maybe anything to do. There, there. you go. But yeah. I, what is a wagon? What's wagon wheel? You know, alluding or what? What does that mean? A wagon wheel. I, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it goes, you know, make a point of having some fun. Why don't you wake me, shake me, don't let me sleep too long. Just someone to wake him up out of his a funk. The stupor. Yeah. yeah. And again, we could go back to drugs or just just being uh, apathetic. Um, get him out of his funk. Uh, and uh, it ha- the, the song kind of has that feeling. And then uh, that bridge kind of drops off where maybe he's losing it again. And then you know, the rest of the band picks back up and, and carries him along. Um, I really like how it brings up the doo-wop 60s mm-hmm. vibe again that Absolutely. he loves. I mean, I think he's just, that's what he grew up on. Um, so he keeps reminiscing back to that. And he'll do that on other albums as well. Um, but yeah, just great to uh, have another good rocker in the vicious hanging around uh, mode. And this is the third. We'll have one more coming up, which uh, it might be my favorite, but... Uh, I, I, I really appreciate rock songs that can take a, a left turn like it does in that bridge mm-hmm. and then just come back. Just something to separate just, it from everything. From yeah, from the anything. standard. Yeah. yeah, and I think it does that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, and I'm sure, I remember, I think Doug was saying during the Meat Puppets, sometimes they'll just, maybe there was a lot more to that bridge. Maybe they try to build up and they just, let's take everything down. They're like, you know what? It sounds cool with everything out. And just you, and we'll just delay everything and just make it drift. And then make it suck back in so that has yeah. the, the, end, the end be yeah. that much stronger. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> um, sure. Bridges are very underrated. They're very important. It's all about the bridge. It is. It's uh, Where is that goddamn bridge? Yeah. Um, just a great rocker about a guy that needs a little help, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Any any strong man should ask for help when, when need be. Or a woman, or if any you call human. Call one eight hundred. 
What is it? What's the website? 1-800-GO-FUCK-YOURSELF. GO-FUCK-YOURSELF. You can uh, call for help. and uh, They'll tell you to go fuck yourself. They'll tell you to go so fuck don't yourself. call. It won't help you. Unless you want to go be told to go fuck yourself. Um, wagon wheel? Anything else there? No. I, I, I really like the drumming. Mm-hmm. That sticks out to me. Um, but I just... It's just... Uh, you know, the thing I love about this album is it really is just, how long is this album? Um, oh, okay, that's why it flies by, 36 minutes. Yeah. I, I was going to say, if you put on a lot of albums nowadays, I get it, everyone's busy and you get you get shit to do, but this this album, it's because it's 36 minutes, but it really just flies by. It's yeah. nice. You put it on, you, you get everything you need. I mean, I, do you have this on, uh, on vinyl? Mm-hmm. One of the first ones I got. Um, when I started collecting, and you got, I think five, five and six. Yeah, the first A side ends with "Walk on the Wild Side." And starts okay, with that's how it ends. So, uh, yeah, so A side ends with "Walk on the Wild Side." And you flip it over, and then. You know, so side it, two is definitely it. more the Broadway mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. And let's let's go into the weird of the weird. We didn't we couldn't pick which one is weirder, uh, makeup or number nine. New York Telephone Conversation. I was sleeping gently, napping when I heard the phone. Who is on the other end talking? Am I even home? Did you see what she did to him? Did you hear what they said? Just a New York conversation rattling in my head. Oh my, and what shall we wear? Oh my, and who really cares? Just a New York conversation, gossip all of the time. Did you hear who did what to whom happens all the time? Who has touched and who has dabbled here in the city of shows? Now, openings, closing. We've entered another Broadway musical, Mm -hmm. and this one's creepy and weird. Mm -hmm. You get Bowie just not singing along, but talking along backup vocals with him. Mm -hmm. Just piano, for the most part. Yeah. Um, And just a quirky song, but George and I were just sitting here singing it to each other and it's fun yeah, it's a totally fun song is. to sing to yeah it's it, when we were saying broadway i was like think disney too i can see it, this is it's a disney song about gossiping you know chatty kathy's um just one minute 30 yeah. it's already over yep uh yeah it's just about the he said she said the gossip mm-hmm. um that I'm sure it's just, I mean, whatever. It's not a New York thing. It's a worldwide thing. uh, Maybe the the opening, uh, who's got a show, openings, closings thing is is maybe specific to New York. But really, you put that with anything else. And you can have, you know, it's generic. People just, who, you know, this part where, uh, what shall we wear and who really cares? Yeah. You know, it's just a weird fucking Lou Reed song, man. It's. It's hilarious. It really is. It's almost like a Rafi song, or like a. And like he knew, a, yeah, he knew not to go keep going with it. He's like, no. we're not gonna make this a full song. No. Just a weird little interlude, because he it, it 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 fits in between the last two rockers. So I think he just wanted to make sure. Don't you forget that mm-hmm. I'm doing this, and and this actually is an old Velvet Underground song. I mm-hmm. I never heard what the original tension was or. 
um, if it was at all like this, if it was just kind of a straight up rocker. Um, but yeah, just a nice interlude. Nothing much more to say about it. Um, I'm glad he threw it in. When I first heard it, I remember just being that guy that wanted to hear the rock songs and didn't get it. Um, now I enjoy it, and it's it's quirkiness, and yeah, corniness. Absolutely. I, I applaud quirkiness and corniness in this world. We need more of it. You silliness, know? just yeah, just straight up silliness. Too much seriousness. Uh, it, it's fine. You, not everyone has to be uh, this guy, but we we need this type of music out there. You need you need to uh, just enjoy the the fun of music, and this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bowie was down with it. Stop talking shit, people. Yeah. Worry about yourself. Shut up. Yeah. Really, just there's so there's uh there's the thunder thighs. All right, sh- George is showing me the thunder thighs, and yeah, it's three white ladies, uh, kind of weird looking. The yeah. the the one that looks like she's kind of cute, she got her eyes kind of far apart. How dare I be such a mean man? Uh, it's seventies, you know. Yeah, it's feather they, hairs. They got the feathered look. Apparently, they were like pretty prominent. So why did Lou Reed see colored girls sing just to be that guy? New York. Uh, to do the doo-wop I yeah. don't know yeah, let's, just just do, let's do the color girl black girls you know yeah. Um, but yeah another weird song nothing nothing really uh, deeper meaning here you, you could take it out and, and and you could say it would make that the album I don't know what you would say tighter but I you know without around, it I would miss around it around 10 numbers I would miss it now, now yeah. they wouldn't be there it's just yeah. a nice little sweet Interlude between the two rockers, which mm-hmm. I was saying. And uh, now we'll go to one of my favorite rockers. I'm so free. I'm so free. I'm so free. Just a great rock song. Background um, vocals, awesome. Yeah, and the, another uh, glam rock rocker. Another glam rock, great drums. Um, Bowie's hoo hooing, but right there, that lead guitar, that right here. It's a wand. It's kind of just bending. Uh, yeah. that, uh, so that Mr. Ronson there again? That is Ronson. Always on the lead, just mm-hmm. killing it. Um, just holding the weight, just making this song uh, take up to the next level. Now, I'm so free. Back in the day, you, you, you put this song on, on uh, in the car, roll down the windows, it's that I'm so free, mm-hmm. just that feeling. Mm-hmm. But is it him mocking 
hippies and all, uh, yes I am Mother Nature's son and I'm the only one like it's all about you I do what I want and I want what I see huh? yeah, it can it only, only happen, happen to me, me. <laughs> like how special of me I'm yeah. so free mm-hmm. I, I like that interpretation of it um, but also I mean there could be him feeling that too like he's free now he's not he almost fell back into the normal world mm-hmm. and uh, I'm so good now now I'm so free um, I think it's a little both uh, he's probably even making fun of himself why not but yeah, yeah the, the, the whole I am Mother Nature sign I'm the only one I do what I want I want what I see could only happen to me there is something you know, trying to say that you're Mother Nature's son, so you're the special, you're with everyone, but I'm the only one. So all of a sudden it turned into you being special instead of Mother Nature's son with everyone. There is that mocking. Yeah, I do think he is mocking the, the hippies here because that, um, oh please, what is it? Oh, oh please, St. Germain, I've come this way. Do you remember the shape I was in? Uh, I had horns I, that bent. I had horns that bent, yeah. St. Germain, if I, if I remember, is like a new age hippie medicine type culty mm-hmm. thing um, so, you know something 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 new agey like that so I, I'm totally with you where he's mocking the uh, yeah mocking it, it, but it, it does have it, even he is saying I'm so free I'm so free you do still feel that you do that sentiment of oh, well, I'm free well, kind of thing. I, yeah I don't think he's mocking the f- being free but just the way about going How to, to get, get it yeah yeah there's, yeah. there's, there's not one way. You don't fucking follow this one path and that's freedom and everything else is bullshit. Because yeah. uh, even, do you remember the Civil Walks? He's saying it right now, so it's kind of hard for me. You used to shiver and I used to talk. Then we went down to Times Square and ever since we've been hanging around there. So do you remember the Silver Walks that could be on acid when you're just on these special walks and you're like, one person's kind of in a, a shock mode and you're talking and you you get that godly feeling, you know, you that connection. And then... That's great. You did get to that point, but then now all you do is hang out in Times Square and you're just kind of a junkie. Yeah, and, and Times Square in, in the 70s was not. And like you're you, still. If you remember the movie Warriors, yeah. New York was a lot like. Obviously, that's a Hollywood movie, but New York in the 70s was, and even the 80s was very much that rough fucking place. Yeah. Porn, uh, porn houses and all kinds of. Even the movie Big. I yeah. remember at the beginning when he goes to the hotel, it's just yeah. like he's in Times Square there. But I, I, it's just I, I like that imagery of you're going on that silvery walk that, and, and I know this is me interpreting him that maybe you're tripping or whatever, and you're you're in that enhanced state. Mm-hmm. And then if you're such an enhanced, enlightened being, you're now you're in the dregs of Times Square, looking for the next high. Yeah. And you, you didn't really take what you got out of that. You're just. You saw the glimpse, and then you're you're back with the rest of the yeah. crew. You didn't really take anything from it. Um, yeah, so there's, I love it, I, I, and I don't. Yeah, I, I'm with I'm with you too that there is this feeling of freedom in it that is legit. Mm-hmm. But don't. Well, we're don't, repeating it 35 times. Yeah, we'll do that. That, that will and, work. And the way they're singing it. Yeah. Like, I think everyone has their own way to find freedom, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think he was kind of just saying that you could mm-hmm. be you could find that. Saint Germain style, yeah. Or you could uh, go your own way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely Another, great banger. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so that was number ten, and thirty-six uh, minute album, but we talked uh, two two hours about it. Last song, uh, good night, ladies. Good night, ladies.
night, lady. Ladies, good night. It's time to say goodbye. Let me tell you now. Good night, lady. Ladies, good night. It's time to say goodbye. Now, all night long, you've been drinking your tequila. But now you've sucked your lemon peel dry. So why not get high, high and good? Yes. Night, lady. Love it. Lady. You know, sometimes I like an album to end with just an all out banger, but sometimes it's okay fade too. away. This is okay too. I mean, a good night song. We've heard other albums, great albums that have good night, you know, just at the end. It's just a, a farewell. It, 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 there's so much to this song. It could ju- it's the Broadway thing, first of all. Let's, let's just, there's no doubt about that. It is a Velvet Underground, the fourth one. So this existed before. Um, you got that old school 20s, 30s, uh, tuba, horns. He sounds like he's drunk and just kind of in self-walling, self-pity. You know, the glam rocker guy finally going home. Yeah. You know, and now he's alone. Yeah. And now he's watching TV. And what? what is it? Eating uh Suck your lemon dry? Well, he's, he's drinking tequila rye. Um, but I thought there was something about eating, um, saying it on Friday and eating TV dinner. Yeah. Anyway, my TV dinner is almost done. It's a lonely Saturday night. Saturday night. You know, so you, you get this whole lifestyle that everyone thinks you live in, and then you're just home watching TV like every other dope, mm-hmm. which is nothing wrong with that at all. But uh, yeah, it's just it sounds like the glam rocker closes the door and just like let me just put on some jazz and yeah. yeah, but then realizing the real, you know, took the makeup the act off, is off. Yeah, the act took, is away, yeah, and now probably in sweatpants, yeah. smoking a cigarette, drinking some tequila. Yeah. Um, Good night, ladies. Goodbye. That's it's a T.S. Eliot uh, poem, game of chess, where he says good night, ladies. Oh, ladies, good night. Something to that kind of extreme. There, I guess it could be grabbed from that. Um, and I just put this up with with the horns and the tubas and just that nice like waltzy drunk sound. Um, other great bands have done this. Beatles, Honey Pie. You know, um, they have that and uh, Radioheads. Uh, life in a glass house. Ah, you know, I never just thought about that. yeah, right. like those. I, 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 they all have like a nice feel to it, where you got those horns going on, and it's kind of just in life in a glass house on the radio. It actually ends mm-hmm. that album. Yeah. So there's that that parallel. This is this is kind of a perfect way to end, end it, the album. It really I mean, is. What other song would you end the album with? If I yeah, if you had to choose these, no, what nothing. 
I mean, this song's called Goodnight Later, so that helps. Perfect Day w- w- would be cool with your reap what you sow at the yeah. end, being like, oh, that's a little weird. Yeah. But it's too big of a song. Mm-hmm. And then just end it. Yeah. I- I'm okay with ending it. This isn't, one, like we said, this isn't one of the bangers. No. This isn't one of the bigger, no. you know, waltzier songs. No. This is. This is a, all right, time to go home, guys. If you like music to be not just distortion loud and you just like an ebb and flow, this is the way to go. Because right at the end, he really went... Going from your vinyl thing to, which is the best way to go because that's that's how he wanted to be interpreted. You flip over, you go makeup, Broadway, Satellite of Love, Quote, kind of rocker, wagon wheel rocker, New York telephone, weird Broadway. I'm so free rocker. Good night, ladies. So it's just a up down, up down, up down, yeah. up down, down, mm-hmm. and just chill out. And he's saying good night. He's just he's wishing you a farewell. Well, not you, the ladies. In, and and are they guy ladies? Yeah, maybe. Uh, in 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 listening. So we about how long do you think we've tried doing this? Not not like we tried doing this podcast and failed it just we had this on the back burner doing this one for a month and a half now yeah so first couple weeks was like listening to it pretty religiously and i having the vinyls uh i would play one side at obviously one side at a time but then not listen to the full record so i'd put you know beat the b side on some i kept putting the b side on because i know all the first ones yeah the b sides are the ones that just kind of you have to grow into liking kind of yeah um they're not as palatable yep. um and i fell in love with the b-sides uh, yeah the b-side the you know second side it's not a b-side it's the second side um, is that part just culture's problem because i we had a conversation a couple weeks ago where we talked about pearl jam and i can't listen to the album 10 mm-hmm. but the b-side i love because yeah. it doesn't have any of the radio hits and it's really fucking good and I think that's kind of where you're coming from in this is there's this this freshness of it but also this on a whole nother level is so you're saying you listen to this a lot this is three out of five songs that are this Broadway songs mm-hmm. that you were attracted to yeah you know? absolutely yeah. And, and and it was probably just because these were more fresh these were more it excuse is me, more fresh to me yeah um, and you don't want to listen to Walk on the Wild Side 18 times exactly and I mean, I love step. One of my favorite things about music is stepping away for a while from things yeah. and then coming back yeah. to them and learning. You can listen to albums so many times, but you really, every time you listen to it, can get a different perspective or have, the, you know, how many times have I listened to this album? Whatever, hundreds of times. But today, for whatever reason, uh, Satellite of Love is just hitting my yeah. hitting my soul yeah. you know what I mean and yeah. for the last you know listening to this the b-sides for me just resonated with me and not even because it's like ooh I feel you ooh, I f-. these songs aren't necessarily super relatable yeah. but um, who writes songs like this not many people it, it, it's absurd to me and uh, just fucking the, this this album is yeah, love it. We, uh, we we have had this one, one the in, the, in the chamber for about a month. One um, in the chamber, thirty-two. And I actually didn't listen to the same thing with George. I didn't listen to it all week, so I haven't listened to it 
maybe a week and a half because I we did our notes, everything, and scheduling. We just we didn't get to it. Um, and then this morning woke up and I had you know just nothing n- nice relaxing night last night. Woke up felt great. Put this on while I got stuff done around the house and it just felt so refreshing yeah, and absolutely and great. Absolutely. Um, yeah, me this morning I got up early at 7:45 or something. You know I didn't go out last night either so. Woke up early. I was like, "Oh, I'm ready to go." Yeah. And as I was kind of like uh, just cleaning my room a little bit, just doing a little organizing, I had coffee, put this on, and I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah. Reads Transformer, baby. All yeah. About it. Yeah. I, I, it's one of those albums that, and I, I, I guess maybe you like it as you get older, but it, it is something you could put on in the morning. It, it does have some louder distortion songs, uh, but it's still got that mellow, jazzy feel to it the whole time. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to have to give it up to him, Lou Reed, and Mick Ronson for making a, a masterpiece together. This is their album. Absolutely. This is the one time they got together and uh, did something pretty special. Um, Good night, I mean, apps for and Lou Reed, you know, he's got a bunch of solo shit after this and, and a lot of it's a lot of it's hit and miss. Uh, yeah. Not every Lou Reed album's masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination. Well like most things, the seventies are really good, then the eighties get weird. Yeah, eighties definitely. But the blue mask weird. is really good in the eighties. The Raven, which is kind of uh which is really good. Uh Berlin is great. That's right uh, after this. Well yeah. probably if we're gonna do one it'll probably be that. Uh, I love Coney Island Baby. Yeah, actually any of those. The yeah. the, the, the next three or four. Uh, and then, I mean, for me, an album, I get what it is. I understand the relevance of it, but whatever. But Metal Music Machine, which is one of the weirdest fucking things in the And as far as, if any, it, you can put Metal Music Machine on SoundCloud and nobody would ever fucking listen to it, but because Lou Reed made it, yeah. it's like, oh, what is this? What is this thing? Yeah. It's just distortion. And, and it's cool. I get what the concept of it is. It's not It's not for listening it's And of course He was saying That's one of his best things That he's ever done For whatever that Just that's, because that's It's a Lou Reed thing to just say Just because it's not it's Following he was rules fuck, he, was, he was saying Fuck pop music right. Let's do this Quite frankly Bullshit And then he came out With Coney Island Right after Which yeah. is amazing Yeah uh, I, I mean, Yeah I'm with you You could do And Co- Sally Can't Dance Yeah Sally Can't Dance Or Coney Island I would choose one of them Or Berlin uh, So 70s He was killing it you know, then and, and it's all subjective. Maybe some people actually do like the eighties, but he went more at that time. He just didn't not that he wasn't into the music uh, as much, but he just he was always lewd, just doing what he wants, but during the eighties it was just I'm gonna make an album, not, I don't care what the any output, I don't I don't need no. I don't need uh, David Bowie coming, I don't need anyone coming in, I'm just gonna create albums. Really not even not, not worried not, about my legacy anymore. Yeah. I'm not really maybe even worried about making money off of this Relevance, anymore. No. Or yeah. And and he was he was pulling away from this is where he really in the eighties he really wanted to go more literal and he wanted to be known as a a novelist of music. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't concerned with so much melody choruses. He he thought his literary his his lyrics were more important. Yeah. He, yeah. he thought he could read a book to you with some background music yeah. and, and you'd be cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that's what the album sound like, but that's just his mind where he was going. Mm-hmm. And just like any artist, he's probably just, I want to do something. I want to sh- shock it up, uh, yeah. stir it up a little bit. And he didn't have to, what do you, from, so he died in 2011? Yeah. 
from you know so let's say from 1968 7 pretty good to, to, he had an alright run um Bob Dylan had terrible albums in the yeah. 80s. Rolling Stones had some pretty shitty albums. Uh, Name me anyone that's gone 20 years that hasn't yeah. 30 if years. If the Beatles kept going, who knows? Yeah, who probably knows? shitty albums. Yeah, um, pro- yeah, exactly. So, I mean, death is is kind of a good thing for or legacy. Up. Or Yeah, I guess, yeah, breaking up. But um, <laughs> once they've broken up, they're dead, as far as I'm concerned. Damn, um, even though they wrote great solo great albums. Great solo albums, uh, Beatles, but anyways, <laughs> Lou Reed, Mick Ronson, uh, David, is Mick Ronson still alive? I think so he is. Well, David Bowie and Lou Reed, um, thank you for your input to the world, and I hope the Great Beyond is pretty good. I hope you guys are up there at least. At least. Uh, I don't know, he's dead. Mick Ronson's Mick, dead. Mick Ronson, <laughs> David Bowie. Died a long time ago. And, uh, and, um, Bowie, the video you have there, Bowie announces Mick Ronson passed away. And then, yeah, that's that's fucked. Um, So uh, they're all gone. They're all gone uh, to the great beyond. Yeah. What uh, song do you want to go out with? Well, I I, I was going to say, and then you kind of reaffirmed it. You said you you woke up today and Satellite Live, Satellite of Love gave you a little kick in your butt so we Mm -hmm. could go out there and just go with a nice... uh, you know, especially since these guys are dead. It's a kind of shout out to all three of them. Because th- this one, they do all a great job. Mm-hmm. So I think this encompasses everyone. Um, I mean, you could do Perfect Day, too. Yeah. Um, the, either one of those, too. Uh, I'm happy with it. What are you feeling? Let's go. Let's go Satellite Love. Satellite, satellite lo- I can't say the word right now. Satellite. Hey, we're doing Satellite on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Um, your Satellite of Love. Gunther or uh, oh, Gunther. <laughs> <Satellite. laughs> yeah. Or Satellite uh, Dave Matthews fan. Yeah. Um, All right, we'll stop talking. Anyways, uh, we could have stopped this a little while ago. Um, thank you for listening to the Reed Transformer. We'll be back uh, with another episode soon. And, uh, I mean, just, this is kind of a weird thing to go about out, but a lot of famous people have been dying lately. Um, a lot of very important famous people have been dying lately and it's made me think about death in a different way. Um, just be nice to each other and appreciate each other and love each other. And if you love someone and appreciate someone like fucking let them know, cause you never really know when they're going to be gone. And and just with anybody, it's the, obviously someone famous dying is, is a big thing. But and luckily, no one, knock on wood, around me close has died in, in, in recently. But makes you think, and yeah. uh, just satellite of love. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's it, people get confused about the over uh, outpouring of love for Prince or whatever. Um, even if they weren't huge fans, it's it's more just. It's it's that whole fear of death that we mm-hmm. all have, mm-hmm. and that's what is coming out. Then Absolutely. we turn them into these mega people because they're still alive with a huge presence, even though they're gone now. Yeah. It turns them into godly like yeah, figures. Absolutely, because when have the legacy when someone uh, just an average person disappears, there's n- you can look back on their Facebook or their whatever they wrote, and that's still there, but not this huge presence. And I think that's what's lost. Uh, but anyways, love you, George. Love you, Charlie. All right, later. Bye. Lights gone up to the skies Things like
like that drive me out of my mind I watched it for a little while I like to watch things on TV Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite Satellite's gone way up to Mars Soon it'll be filled with park and cars I watched it for a little while I love to watch things on TV Harry, Mark, and John Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday to Thursday With Harry, Mark, and John Satellites gone up to the skies Things like that drive me out of my mind I watched it for a little I love to watch things on TV Satellite.